0: What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 38, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm here with Frankie Mueller and Joey Parisi and Joseph. You like tacos?
1: Of course. Who doesn't like tacos? I don't think I've ever come across someone who just genuinely doesn't like tacos.
0: Because there's a way to make tacos if you're like a vegetarian or, you know, whatever type of lifestyle you live. There is a taco for everyone. Frank, you I like tacos?
2: tacos? Yeah, I love tacos. Soft right. shell
0: game. So so that's a big debate amongst earthlings. I would say soft shells are more popular. I like hard shells.
1: Better than the sho- soft? Yeah, but I'm not
0: I'm not ripping on soft shells by any means. I'm I hold no prejudice towards the soft shell. You think I think just more popular. Yeah, I do think soft shells are yeah, more you popular.
1: Go, you go to like a Mexican restaurant, they just default come on the corn tortilla yeah, soft shell.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, but when you order a taco, it comes on like a hard shell.
0: Uh, I don't know about time, that. I don't nine know about of the time
2: I've ever ordered a taco, I'd have to verbally tell them I want it on a soft shell. Really? Don't come on uh, show.
0: So yeah. maybe maybe it's just a virtue of experience, but I, I know me if and you're Joe at it. a
2: Mexican restaurant, it's just easier for them to do soft shell. Because then everybody could just make what they want. They yeah. don't want to throw a bunch of hard shells on a platter.
0: See, I think like the, the hard shell taco, it has a place on the Mexican menu. But I do think that more people go towards the soft show if they have an option.
1: Is like it taco day or something? Or what the hell made you think of that?
0: Uh, I had tacos for dinner last night from oh. this place in Palatine, Illinois. It's called the donkey and they were nacho tacos. Frank, you would have loved them. They were so- marinated. The, the steak was marinated. It had nacho cheese on it. There was tomatoes. I know you guys don't like tomatoes, but you get it without that stuff if you don't like it, but they, they were just really good. And so I wanted to ask like, what's your opinion on like, Fast food tacos versus a quality Mexican joint.
2: What's your uh, opinion on beef, chicken, or steak?
0: Uh, out of those three, yeah, I would go. I would go steak out of those three.
2: Wow, see, yeah. I'm a chicken guy.
0: But what what's your thoughts on fast food versus like authentic? Like, a, you like a good Taco Bell taco?
2: Yeah, I like fast food more than authentic. I would say.
0: Ooh, okay. I know me and Joey are probably on the opposite side of the fence with that.
1: Yeah, I love uh, a good authentic mexican you know especially on a tuesday it just hits different uh give a shout out
0: to your favorite place to get tacos on planet earth
1: well uh north of the border in bartlett illinois will always hold special place they haven't been there in, in a while but uh over in elgin el Perizo. Uh, i don't know if i've ever ordered just uh, their tacos i always find myself getting either a burrito or a torta but i'm sure their tacos are dank so
0: frank do you have any special taco places that are close to your heart
2: Besides Taco Bell, because I'm a fast food taco guy. I like like Taco Bell a lot. I I also like Chewies. We went to Chewies for Sandwich Saturday. They they closed down. They're not around anymore. Um, you're referring to the one that
0: used to be by Woodfield Mall, I assume.
2: Yeah, they're still out there in the world, but that one closed down. Um they actually had that was my favorite Mexican place of all time, actually. So
0: awesome. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh... I, I'm going to give a shout-out to North of the Border, of course. North of the Border, Bartlett, Illinois. We've come to know the owner just a bit, so shout-out to him. Um, yeah, um, Taco Bell as well. You know, you got the the chalupas and, the you know, the quesadillas and, you know, just the nachos. Everything about Taco Bell is awesome, and I'll eat it at any point in the day.
1: This is what I like right here on the bottom of the screen. It says, the biggest taco ever made was constructed on November 20th, 2011 in portero Mexico. It was 246
0: feet long. Holy fuck. Ooh, and they use carnitas as the.
2: But now the we're meat. talking about like length. Was it big too, or was it just like the shell? Long. When they say
0: long, they mean like. So
1: it wasn't like giant. It was just. Oh, big
0: yeah, big yeah, tacos. no. For,
1: like, yeah, like their normal taco size, just really long. Yeah, that's or what I'm picturing.
0: I'm picturing.
2: Like a giant, the size of a car length. Well, that's yeah. like, that's, oh,
1: that's like almost the size of a football field.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's the size of, like, your typical taco and then 246 long. feet long. yeah! Uh, right when I read that, I'm picturing a, a taco. I did, too. With a... I
2: thought of the big one.
0: <laughs> but you see, this this is what you get here at the Barroom Network. Like, I come here and I bring this random conversation, and we just start spitting out stats at the bottom of the screen while we talk about it. See, Scox knows El Parizo Place in Elgin right off uh, McLean, I believe
1: it is. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Scott says that he thinks people think um, hard shells are more common. No, no, no. I
1: think what he's saying is, dude, people that say they love hard shells, he doesn't understand. Oh. Of which he, I think he agrees with me that an authentic yeah. taco is on your corn tortilla. It's got, uh, you know, if you get Mexican style, it's got onions and cilantro and that's about it.
0: Yeah, sure. And listen, I, I know I'm in the minority on that. I truly think that like the soft shell community is way more popular than the hard shell community. So that's what yeah. I got on tacos. Um, hopefully we get to enjoy some tacos together sometime soon.
1: We got a lot of things on, uh, on tap for us to enjoy soon. What, what are we getting most recently, Frank? Well, we'll just get out of the way now.
2: Um, what are we going to get? Yeah,
1: what are we going to get? What's, on, what's front on the list?
2: Well, fresh fried fish and wings is fresh on the front on the list.
1: Yeah, I, I'm saying like tomorrow we got something planned.
2: Oh, um, the new wings at Applebee's. They're Cheeto-based wings, and there's hot Cheetos. So they have hot Cheeto wings and regular Cheetos uh, wings. And then there's also an exclusive Mountain Dew flavor, and it's a uh, dark berry.
1: I'm, I'm so excited to try
0: these wings. Yeah, that's going to be great. And we'll, we we'll, we'll get into the reason we're going out for dinner tomorrow, a little later in the show. But, of course, boys want to talk some freaking hockey? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. Well... Screw you, because we're going to do so anyway in period number one. And welcome to, and welcome to period number one, where me and Joey are going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks while Frankie Mueller just sits there and says nothing, because I don't want to hear from him anymore.
2: Well, that's like somebody asking you, how are you doing? Nobody says shitty. They're always like, I'm good.
0: No, I've that's come not across – yeah. that is just so wrong. Yeah, that's not true. That is just so I've wrong. I've never
2: encountered somebody who's a shitty – Well, you hang out with happy always people. always like, oh,
1: good. I'm good. You, you just talk to unhonest people. Yeah. When yeah. I, mean, I get to work one day, if I'm having a shitty morning, someone, like, yep. hey, I do. I'm like, today sucks.
0: Yep, I'm freaking tired. I don't want to be yeah. here. I want to go home. Couldn't agree more, Joseph. Man, see, this is just proof that, like, when you grow up in the same house – your experiences are just a little different. Like Frankie, he sees that most people like hard shell. Me and Joy are like, no, 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 no. Those are the minority. Frankie walks out of his it's house. It's
2: like a stranger though. And they're like, oh, how you doing?
0: I'm going to start I, asking I, everyone I know. I, like I Next bar down. You know all right, so here's my promise to people who are watching. The next bar down, I will have collected data on everyone I talk to on their opinion of hard shell versus soft shell.
1: Frankie's still on the the greetings. Uh, how are you, thing?
0: Uh, Frank, I actually
1: can attest to that. You know, sometimes people at work, uh, if I'm super busy and I'm I'm like stressed out and I'm pissed and I'm in a rush, I get to their cars. They'll ask me, how you, how you doing today?" And I'll be like, "Honestly, today kind of sucks. Uh, I'm super busy. We're a little short staffed." Uh, and then and then they wish me well. You sometimes you get a tip out of that playing the sympathy card. But yeah,
0: I'm honest with people. That's funny. So because it's period number one, we're going to get it out of the way early talking about the stinky Chicago Blackhawks, who they defeated the Montreal Canadiens last week right after our show. And then they got smoked by my Toronto Maple Leafs, as expected, on Saturday night. And then they were canceled due to the Calgary Flames having a bout with COVID-19 on Monday. So just one and one since their last show. guys. We talked about Jonathan Taves in our last show. I wrote a blog about how he's going to score against Montreal and he freaking finally scored. Taves is on the board. So Frank, I'll start with you. What does it mean for you to watch the captain get off his goal scoring schneid against the Montreal Canadians and then following it up with another goal the next game against the Toronto Maple Leafs?
2: Well, he definitely had to get going and he did. And I said on the last show that when he scores they are going to come in bunches and so far, they have them looking forward to another golden night from him. Um, that was a big win. Tapes had the game winning goal, I'm pretty sure, in the Montreal game. Um, so that was big. They have to win against those bottom feeding teams. Um, and then they almost pulled it out against Toronto. So I wouldn't say Toronto really had them blown out because they came back and, but yeah,
1: yeah, the Leafs stink. They uh they get up to a 4 1 lead. Vinny says they blew them out, they get up to a 4 1 lead and nearly crumble. Like we've seen the Leafs do so much in the past of the 4-1 lead. Uh, But yeah, like I said, Jonathan Taves, I told you guys, I said it on last week's show that he is for sure scoring against the Leafs. The Leafs are just one of those teams where you, you break streaks like that happened against the Canadians the game before. But, um, my only beef with that Leafs game is, uh, is you like, you'd like to see a win from Lankanen. Like, I don't know. Fleury, we saw him in his, uh, his milestone on his way to his hall of fame career. And, uh, You'd like to see them get a win from their backup, and it's just not happening right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Taves is one of the most important players in the history of the organization. And in that game against Montreal, he kind of put the team on his back, and it allowed Marc-Andre Fleury to hold the shutout. And, of course, he collected his 500th career win. And the only people to ever have that milestone – are Martin Broder, who got a majority of his wins with the New Jersey Devils before collecting, what, like six or seven with the St. Louis Blues? And then Patrick Waugh, who had his career pretty much split down the middle between those Montreal Canadiens and the Colorado Avalanche. Now, when Fleury collected his 500th win, the crowd was chanting, Fleury, Fleury, and it was just one of the coolest moments. He's a native of that area, and Joe... Frankie came a little later, but this has been a Mark Andre Fleury podcast since its inception. And it's just so cool to see him reach this milestone, no matter what team he's playing for.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And it was awesome for the Blackhawks the way they reacted. Like they haven't known this guy. He hasn't been par- he's not a franchise goalie for them. And the way that they treated Fleury and recognized him and then the locker room celebration, it was honestly just awesome. I feel like any team would have done it, but it was just really cool to see the Chicago Black Blackhawks treat Flurry well after this milestone. And You know, I don't always have nice things to say about the Montreal Canadiens fans, but like you said, when they were chanting Fleury and they gave him a standing ovation after their team just got shut out, we all know how passionate those fans are, but their team just got shut out, they put that aside and recognized what Marc-Andre Fleury had just accomplished, and that was really cool as well.
0: I think if a Chicago native son made it to the National Hockey League and he was a goalie and he reached some sort of great milestone like that against the Blackhawks, I think our hometown people would react the same. Oh yeah, I kind Thank of agree. You. Yeah, Frank. Thoughts on Mark Andre Fleury?
2: I'm so happy he was with the Hawks. When I heard the news over the summer, I thought it was a joke. Um, just to see such a legendary Hall of Fame goalie play for your favorite team is truly uh its magical. To be honest, I never thought I'd see the day. Um, and I'm really excited for tonight's game because they're honoring Fleury before tonight's game. It was supposed to be against Calgary. Um, but since that was postponed, they're going to do it tonight. And I'm looking forward to watching the highlight video package, whatever they got for him and really honoring one of the greatest goalies of all time.
0: Yeah. And I think it's fitting that they honor him before playing the, um, Washington Washington. capitals because he just dominated them for so long and you know, he's their daddy. So good for Marc-Andre Fleury. Glad to see him do that. Um, I hope that the Blackhawks trade him if they are clearly not going to the playoffs, because I would like to see him play in the postseason and keep his streak, his NHL elite streak of making it to the playoffs as a starting goaltender intact, because that would mean a lot to him. And it'd be cool to watch more Marc-Andre Fleury this season instead of having it end whenever the regular season ends. I want to watch as much Marc-Andre Fleury as possible. And you know what? That team up there in Edmonton could really use a goaltender like him right now. So... Hopefully something like that happens. But against the Maple Leafs, with Kevin Lincoln in net, Joey made a good point. They don't really collect wins. That Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't start right now. But they showed that they can play with the elite teams in the NHL. The Leafs are an elite team, whether or not Joey wants to admit it. And the Leafs dominated the first half of the game. And then, really, the Blackhawks dominated the second half of the game. And they deserved to win just as much. And then a bad bounce off the stanchion. Kevin Lincoln, and you better be sure that if you're coming out like that, that you're going to be able to play the puck. You weren't able to. And David Kampf was able to, of course, of all people, a former Blackhawk, was able to stuff the puck in the net and give the Leafs the lead very late in the game and the Hawks walk away with nothing. But there's no moral victories when you're double-digit points behind a playoff spot. But they did play well against the Leafs. So, Frank, I'll start with you. I think they showed they can play with these teams and they can beat these teams, but it's probably too little too late.
2: Well, the biggest problem with the Hawks is is they can't play complete games. They really have a bad opening or they finish off the game week. And in that time, in that game, they had a really bad start to the game. Um, and they got down four to one. They ended up managing to come back, make it four, four. And then once again, I said it last week or maybe two weeks ago, former teammates always find a way to screw their former teams. And once again, David camp puts it in the back of the net. I think, um, in that situation, you have all the momentum tied 4-4. You minimum got to get a point out of it, especially where the Blackhawks are sitting in the standings right now. So it was just really heartbreaking to see that that's how the game ended.
1: Yeah, especially when you, at one point in the game you're down 4-1 you want, and you come back and tie this game 4-4, you do want to get a point out of it. And that, that goal from camp – game with uh what a minute 20 left so yeah. an absolute heartbreaker and it would have been interesting you said then that they can play with the elite teams it would have been i was actually really looking forward to this game against the calgary flames for that reason because the calgary flames are one of the elite teams yeah they're struggling right now they've lost i think they're past four actually but it would have been a really good matchup and test for the blackhawks to see we'll see how they do it tonight against the washington capitals but sucks that that game
0: got postponed Let's not forget the Calgary Flames that lost four in a row were missing lots of people due to COVID-19, and then they finally shut it down. You're seeing a similar situation in the NBA with the Chicago Bulls. They lost their most recent two games with missing most of their lineup due to COVID. And then once Zach Levine went down, they were like, all right, we're going to – We're going to cancel this shit and get it taken care of. The Flames decided to do the same thing, and their cases are still rising. So it might be a while before we see the Flames again. But I would say the Washington Capitals are in a similar vein. They're near the top of the Metropolitan Division. And I I wanted to know from Joey specifically – Frank, you could chime in too as well, but you're not the Leaf hater here. When the Hawks went up 4-1 to or down 4-1, to the goals were scored by Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and John Tavares who torch basically everyone. So yes, of course the Leafs went up big because they're skill guys. And then, you know, they took their foot off the gas as the Leafs are known to do. So do you take any, any weight off the Blackhawks knowing that those guys score against everyone?
1: Yeah. And that's literally how the Leafs get their wins. It seems every time that they win you look at the score sheet, it's either Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, or Marner. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say it until I, I'm proven right that when you when they play a team in a playoff series that figures out how to shut those guys down, it will happen. Uh, they're not going to be winning games with Engvall scoring and, and Wayne Simmons carrying the load. I just don't see it. So, yeah, it kind of takes a little little off of it because, I, I, I mean, it's clear how good those guys are. Like Austin Matthews has 20 goals. He seems to be the most consistent goal scorer in the NHL, him and Ovechkin, obviously. Um, because the fact that they were all able to pretty much catch dry um, speaks to just their consistency of goal scoring. So,
0: yep, that's fair. Now, tonight against the Washington Capitals, it's a matchup of some of the great players in the last 20 years. You got Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, DJ Oshii, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. But an article went up on the this morning from yours truly about how the Chicago Blackhawks, even though he's their second leading scorer right now. He only has seven goals and 15 assists. They need more from Patrick Kane. He's only got two in his last 10. And it'd be nice to see Patrick Kane really pick up the slack because in my opinion, the Hawks are such a flawed roster that they need that top 10 level Patrick Kane in order to have a chance at the playoffs. And he hasn't been that. And he's been good you know how many players would sign up to have 22 points right now if Patrick Kane was on the devils with this production he'd be leading them in scoring by 10 points I'm not saying he's having a bad year I'm just saying he's not having a year with the likes of a Matthews a dry sidle a Connor McDavid which he has been the last seven or eight years like last year I think Patrick Kane came sixth in scoring sixth isn't one he's not the best player in the league anymore but if he came in sixth and scoring this year, I think the Hawks would win a crap ton more games. So, Joe, I'll start with you. Do you agree with me that Patrick Kane needs to do more?
1: I don't know about needs to do more, but I'd rather be more consistent and spread out on a game-to-game basis. Like you said, he has two goals in his last 10 games. You'd kind of like to see you know, his seven goals and maybe a few more goals because he's, he's just one point shy of point per game right now. So a two-point night tonight, he's point per game. You can't really – you know, expect the player to necessarily do better than that. Yeah. You kind of expect it from Patrick Kane. I can expect it from him. You want him to have north of 82 points. I get that, but it would be nice for some consistency, you know, two goals in his last 10, you'd like to see maybe seven goals in his last 10 spread out through those 10 games. So that would definitely help this team.
0: I also think the assist numbers are right where they would be anyway, 15 assists in 22 games. I think if he was north of double digit goals then he'd be right there in the mix for top 10 in scoring. So I think the goal scoring is what really needs to pick up for me. The the setting up and making every player around him better, that's always going to be there with Patrick Kane as long as he's in his prime and he still is, but he needs to score more goals. Frank?
2: Yeah, imagine if he scored four goals in those past 10 games, like five goals, six goals. He he doesn't have to be a goal per game. But just imagine him scoring three or four more goals than he already has in those past 10 games. How many points do the Hawks get out of it? Are some of those goals game-winning goals? Do some of those goals, goals lead to them getting a win? You don't know. So obviously, you would like to see him produce more because he can't afford to go cold when the whole team's been a little cold lately. They need to win, and Kane scoring goals will help them lead to wins down the line.
1: Yeah, but how many of, like, Debrinket's 14 goals do you think are set up by Patrick Kane, where if it was the other way around of Kane scoring, like, would Debrinket not have had the goal? So, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Well,
0: I'll point this out to you. They lost by the Leafs to one, or to the Leafs by one. They beat Montreal. They got smoked by the Rangers. Patrick Kane wouldn't have helped there. They beat the Islanders. They lost to the Rangers the game before that by one. San Jose, it was one, and then the empty netter. Um... Calgary, they got killed by. Vancouver, they beat. So if Patrick Kane does have three or four more goals over that span, he's probably right there with Dabrinkit for the team lead.
2: And, and I'd also like to see him a little more assist, too. He's only got five assists in his past 11 games. I, I'd like to see that at like, at least seven or eight. And then, Joe, then kind of like what you said, he's not the one scoring, but if he gets that assist to Dabrinkit, that's an extra goal, that they could be using a little more production from him. I don't think five assists in 11 games, his past 11 games, is Kane's yeah. standards.
1: Yeah, you, so you you, you to see more consistency out of him. Wanted, he, was, he was very hot. They came in bunches at, early think, in the season.
2: Yeah, and I think that his he needs to be out there to assist more. He needs to score more goals. It's not just goals. I think it's everything. He's a little cold right now.
1: Yeah,
0: he's ice cold. They need more from him. I don't think there's – because expectations change based on the player. Like, like I said, if – Who's a middle-tier player on the Bruins? DeBrusque. If he had 22 points right now, the Bruins would be planning the parade. But Patrick Kane having 22 points, that's not enough because he's not even top 30 in scoring. Patrick Kane needs to be top 30 in scoring in order for the Chicago Blackhawks to succeed. I'm looking at the points right now. They're so top-heavy. Seth Jones leads with 23. Patrick Kane's in second with 22. I do believe Patrick Kane will end up leading the team in scoring just by virtue of the fact that he's a forward and Seth Jones is a defenseman. But Alex Debrink gets right behind him with 20. And then it falls off to 12 with Brandon Hagel. And Brandon Hagel second on the team in goal scoring. So he's not even making players around him better. He just shoots. So I don't know. I, I need more from Patrick Kane, especially if the Blackhawks actually think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs anymore. But if they want to get back in the race, Patrick Kane needs to go on a run.
1: Yeah. And real quick about that, like you said, with the Rangers game, yeah, they were, Kane couldn't have helped them in, in that second Rangers game. That first Rangers game though, he scored the first goal. And then the other Blackhawks goal was the brusks or not the brusks, the brinket set up by Patrick
0: Kane. So, yeah, I mean, he did all he could in that game too. You know what? That's, that's a fair rebuttal for the Ranger game, but uh, it's just, it's to me, Patrick Kane needs to be leading that team every single game and, I need him. He's on pace for like 20 goals, which 20 goals is awesome. But Patrick Kane needs to be going north of 30, flirting with 40.
2: And Kane's a playmaker too. So he can make those plays to get assists. So not scoring is really not an excuse either.
0: And to me, what makes Patrick Kane such a great playmaker? It's the fact that he can shoot.
1: Most playmakers –
0: People know that Nicholas Backstrom is going to most likely pass. So when he does shoot, it fools the goalie. Patrick Kane is 50-50, man. He's got a top 10 shot and a top three pass. So I honestly think that both things are needed for Patrick Kane to succeed. And they're just not getting it right now as much as they would like from Kane. Expectations do change based on your reputation. Oh, 100%. Like you
1: said, I'd be pumped if Jake DeBrusque had uh, 22 points.
0: If A. Devil had 22 Bruins points, would be in first I'd be pumped. Plate. If A. Devil had 20 points, they'd be in a playoff spot.
1: Yeah. So, and you mentioned Jake DeBrusque. That's why I called brinket DeBrusque, you know, D E starting D-E-B, off. D-E-B, D-E-B. He's only two – DeBrusque is only two goals behind Patrick Kane. Just, just going to throw that out there. That's
0: disgusting. That's my point. Brandon Hagel's ahead of him. And Dubrovsky is probably a more skilled player than Brandon Hagel, but Brandon Hagel is a more successful player.
1: Yeah, another player I want to give a shout out to because it's funny because you were just talking about your fantasy team over the weekend, uh, how you still have Kubalik this whole time. And you were saying you should probably drop him by now. He had four goals, four, four assists, and then the, I believe it was the next day he scored for his fifth goal in that Leafs game. So that was kind of cool. We'll see if he can, you know, keep that momentum going for games yeah, ahead no. because you'd like you like Kubalik to get you know be more of a consistent
0: point scorer for this team as well. Sure. He's stunk so far this season. Not good at he all. Did. They need more from Kubalik as well, but I don't think anybody expected Kubalik to maintain his 40 goal a season pace after two COVID years. I think 20 goals from Kubalik and maybe 40 points would be fair. And he's not even doing that right now. So Kubalik would need to step it up as well. But Patrick Kane, man, I'd like to see more from you. You're still an elite player. I believe in you as much as I could possibly believe in a hockey player. So let's get it going with the goal scoring. A couple more assists wouldn't hurt either. And I'll tell you what, Frankie brought up that he would like to see some more assists. If Patrick Kane started shooting more and converting on his shot just a little bit more, scored some more goals, it would make him more lethal in the playmaking game. I think one hand washes the other with a player like Kane. Same thing with Alexander Ovechkin. Why is Alexander Ovechkin able to score so many goals? Well, he's got the all-time greatest shot and his office on the power play. I get all of that. But he's also got north of 600 assists. So if you, if you only play Ovechkin's shot, he's going to hit the back door to TJ Oshie or Kuznetsov, and you're going to go down. So, the, you know, you got to be two-dimensional if you're an elite, elite, elite offensive player. Austin Matthews, same thing. Everybody knows he's got the best wrist shot in the NHL, and it's not really particularly close. But guess what? If he needs to sauce it over a stick to find William Nylander, who can tuck a goal as well as anyone himself, it makes it fair game. Yep, I agree. So, Joe, where are you on the Blackhawks right now?
1: Um, I like I said, I would love. I was really hoping they would be able to win against Calgary, and then you know you could say it was a successful week, regardless of not getting that point in uh, Toronto. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in the exact same spot as I was last week. Yeah, it's easy to say that they went one and one, but. I'm kind of in the exact same spot, and you know, every Hawks fan there should be a glimmer of hope because you look over at like what a team like Vancouver is doing, who are pretty much in, if not a worse spot than the Blackhawks. They've won their past five, and Vancouver just slowly climbing, now four points out of a playoff spot themselves. So, I mean, you never know. I'm not out on them. I'm still not out on the Chicago Blackhawks. Frank,
2: Uh, here's what I'll say because I know last week I was in the same position Joey was in. Um, and I'm still hopeful that they could go on some sort of run because any team is capable of doing so. Yeah. We saw it with the Blues when they were in last place. They ended up winning the cup. So, like, any team is capable of going on some sort of crazy run. Um, so, And we talked about, Vin, on what teams we think are, like, dead and what team are, like, dead, dead. Um, and right now, um, I wouldn't say they're dead, but they're definitely on, like, life support. And if they're in the same position, I would say come January 5th, That is our first podcast of 2022. Um, If they are eight points or more out by then, then I would start to say, well, maybe they are kind of dead for the season. But right now, I think two weeks to go to the first of the year, I'll still say they have a shot. We just need to see them go on a run.
0: I understand. They are currently in last place of the Central Division, the only team worse than them, and they're not going to catch them, is the Arizona – I almost called them the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, They're – The Coyotes are 10 points behind the Blackhawks. They're like – they're in Shane Wright territory. But I do think the Blackhawks, with being 10 points out of a playoff spot and the teams ahead of them are all probably better on paper. Yeah, Vancouver's only four points out of a playoff spot, and I agree with Joey. They've won five in a row. But, I mean – I still think they're going to come crashing down too. This wave isn't going to last forever just because the roster's not good enough and teams are going to start to figure out the Bruce Boudreaux thing. And once they lose one, they're going to lose three. So, no, I'm not high on Vancouver still either. I love Bruce Boudreaux to me. He's one of the coolest coaches in the NHL. But I'm not in on Vancouver by any means either just because I don't see them jumping teams like Winnipeg or Dallas or Nashville or Edmonton. So – Vegas is starting to really climb up there, and they're only three points behind first place with two games at hand over the Ducks, which we'll talk about later. So just to me, all these teams that are ahead of them, are it's not even necessarily just the Hawks. I do think they'll play at a 500 to 550 clip the rest of the season, but because they started 09 9 one that to me is the, that's it. If you play 500-600 hockey after starting 09 9 one you're not going to make it and it's very hard to play better than 500 600 hockey. That's kind of where I was. Like who's playing that type of hockey right now? The Nashville Predators have a 625 points percentage and then every team in the top 3 of the Pacific and the Central. Well, do you think the Hawks are a top 3 team in the Pacific or the Central? Yes. The only team in the NH- the only teams in the NHL with 700 winning or points percentage are the Maple Leafs, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Capitals, and the Hurricanes. Do you think the Hawks are as good as them? I don't. And so those teams are playing the best points percentage hockey in the league, and the Hawks would need to do better than that to make the playoffs. So that's kind of why I'm where I am. But like you said, a magical run is not – a team could rattle off 10 in a row. If the Hawks rattle off 10 in a row, they'll still not be in a playoff spot, but they'll only be like three or four points out, and then you don't know what happens from there. So certainly anything could happen. And I agree with you on that, but – it's just not good right now, and losing, losing to the Leafs when you had them, at least a point, is, is tough, and I think they're very top-heavy, but I, I do like Derek King as a coach.
2: Yeah, so do I. I think he's been a stud.
0: You really don't take anything out of this
1: Vancouver win streak? I know we'll talk about that later in the second, but you don't take anything out of this Vancouver streak?
0: We'll talk about that later in the second.
1: Yeah, so I'm not. You got saying, anything? I'm not gonna say, I'm, not gonna say yeah. I'm all in on the Canucks, but I mean they've been actually pretty damn entertaining.
0: No, I got some thoughts on the Canucks. Do you have anything left on the Blackhawks, though? It's a good, good little discussion on the team after they haven't played since Saturday.
1: Um, there actually was something. First of all, Frank, good job knowing your dates. Just able to rifle off January 5th was the first Wednesday of uh, 2022. This Frank he does comes, his research, man. He comes prepared. His he comes prepared. Um, I think it'd be really fun. I'm looking at the schedule. We should actually go. I know I say this. We say this all the time. We should go to that game of the Tuesday before. And give us something fresh to talk about. I've, been dying, too. To, I've been dying to see my guy, Cale McCart with my own two eyes, and he makes his way to town January 4th. I think that would be such a fun
0: time. Yeah, and we could make content and implement it into the show. I'm actually really down for that. Dude, you're talking to the guy who went to 30-something White Sox games this year. We never go through with it. That's comedy to me. No, I'm
1: saying I, I wanna, I've been wanting to go to a Hawks game, and here we are like two months into the season. I still haven't gone. Why well, have I passed by the United Center today. I've been. I saw
0: the Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I took a picture of the UC today, and I, I said, what's up, Ovi? Because I know Ovi was in there. It was like right around the time they probably were, you know, they were in there getting ready or whatever. Uh, Aldo asks, what is a Canuck? It's just a Canadian. I honestly no, think
0: it's just it's it a, a, a Canadian. No, I
2: thought it was a Canadian. And an their,
0: lo- their logo is a whale. Yeah. Like that's yeah, their that's mascot. I'm pretty sure a Canuck is like a Canadian.
2: No, yeah, I think I've looked this up before.
0: I think you can call a Canadian a Canuck and it's like
1: calling like a, a person of an American or a Are Yankee. You yeah, sure?
0: I, I think I so. I think it's like the Yankees.
2: Can we get some validation?
0: We could get some validation, but, you know, the Blackhawks, they're dead to me. Frankie and Joey still clinging to hope. I respect it. But speaking of no hope, (laughs) I think we are going to head on over to period number two where we're going to make fun of Joey.
2: Oh, for the love of salmon sandwiches.
0: For the love of salmon sandwiches, welcome yeah. to period two, where Frankie and Joey are confused on what a Canuck is, and we do have confirmation that I, as usual, was right. It is a Canadian. Uh, it, I uh, it's I it's not it's not derogatory in any way. Obviously, a hockey team wouldn't be named after I, it's like saying a Yankee. Damn Yankees, the Yankees
1: Yeah, I think that went without saying. It wasn't derogatory. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks
2: for pointing it
0: out. I mean. I don't know. I don't know what people are going to try and accuse Joey of being. They already think he's evil. So I don't know what to tell you. The New Jersey Devils stink. They blow. And let me tell you something. I don't even want to hear input from either of you right now. I'm just about to go off. This is going to be bad. This is going to be clippable. Get the clip ready. The New Jersey Devils fucking suck. They once again start off hot, the team's looking good. Hey, they're going to make the play. It's all fine and dandy in Newark. And then they just suck. They forget how to play. They can't score a power play goal. They've given up four shorthanded goals to their last two power play goals. They have the worst percentage in the NHL. They're slightly worse than the Arizona Coyotes in terms of power play. And the Arizona Coyotes are on track to become one of the worst teams who ever played, ever. They have 12 points in the last two months, and the Devils are there with them on the power play. Everyone gets hurt. Everyone gets COVID. The coaching staff sucks. The goaltending's really good, but outside of that, they light them up in front of them. Mackenzie Blackwood was sick yesterday, and Lindy Ruff was like, you know what we'll do during the COVID times? We're going to start Mackenzie Blackwood. And then wonder why he gave up five and gets pulled after the second period. It's just a joke. This team stinks, and I'm sick and tired of them. So how do
2: you really feel about the Devils?
0: They suck.
1: Um... Yeah, they they're not great. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm over here looking at the standings while you were going off here, and they're like they're like right in line with the Blackhawks, kind of. They're slightly better than the Blackhawks just because they lose an extra time.
0: They're only six points out of a playoff spot, and they're in second to last place in the division because the hope. New York Islanders figured out a way. No, I don't have any hope. They suck. I think they could still make it. They're, they're not, not going to make game. it. They're, they're not be better game. than the Leafs. They're not better than Florida. They're not better than Tampa. They're not better than Washington. They're way not better than Carolina. They're unfortunately not better than the Rangers. The Penguins would smoke them. Detroit's better than them. The Bruins are better than them. There it is. <laughs> the Blue Jackets are better than them. And the Flyers are not better than them, but they still beat them 5-1 to one yesterday. Yeah, the Devils if are if one. They could, they're 2-1 this, this season. If they could find a way to play consistently. They've won two games in their last 12. They suck. They're, they're done teams going on runs the new jersey devils stink they're a joke of an organization they haven't given their top players what they need to succeed they're stuck on their own ways they haven't fired mark Recchi. should be fired three times he sucks as a play power play coach i don't care what he did you know what the bruins have that the devils don't Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak and players who actually play that power play system well. It's just a joke what's going on with this team. I'm so disgusted with them. I miss Martin Broder. I miss Patrick Elias. I miss Ilya Kovalchuk. I miss Zach Parisi. This team sucks. And you know what? Cancel the season for the New Jersey Devils. There is no chance that they make the playoffs. I will cut off my pinky if they make the playoffs. There's no chance. They are dead. They are so dead, and I'm sick and tired of – I dedicate my life to this team. I do a pregame for them every it's single a, game, and I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of them just every single year. Oh, we're going to sign Dougie Hamilton, and he's going to be great, and we're still going to lose. Screw you, Devils. You suck.
2: It's a bold statement.
0: It's getting fucking They're hot, trash. They are so trash. That I don't know about tough. you –
1: I don't know about you bean, but I'm fucking
0: sweating. And you know I'm what? Sweating. If yeah. they ever do turn it around and win the Stanley Cup, nobody deserves more credit than me. Because
1: yeah. I, like, cancel I, I, I watch you I watch,
0: cancel them. I canceled them because they stink this season. I'm gonna hope. watch, I'm gonna watch every game. I get roasted on Twitter for having hope. I'm Mr. Positivity all the time. And people despise me for it. People post screenshots of my tweets on their account and go, oh, Vinny, yeah. I'm done being that guy. I'm done being that guy. No fucking hope. They suck until further notice. I'll be here to tell you when they don't suck anymore. Because I'm still gonna watch every single game. I don't miss a devil's game. I haven't missed a devil's game in like 10 years. And when I have to miss for whatever reasons, you know, family stuff or whatever, I watch it later. I have not missed the Devils game in 10 years. Nobody knows that team more than me. I'm convinced I know it more than the fucking coach. They suck. They're, they're awful. And it wouldn't surprise me if they lose 15 of their next 20 games. They are horrible. They're going to be in the conversation for the lottery again. How many times have we watched the lottery? They won it twice. Who wins the lottery twice? It's oh, yeah. just it's, – it's disgusting. Yeah, the Oilers. And look at them. They fucking suck, too.
1: Yeah, I'm out on the Oilers. Um,
2: Devils are going to win the cup, and Vinny will have nine fingers.
1: All three of our teams are out of a playoff spot. Frank, are you optimistic about the Blackhawks? I told you how I I, felt. I think I'm I'm a little optimistic. I'm optimistic (laughs) about the Bruins. Negative Nelly over
0: here is, the Devils suck. The Bruins have played five less games than the team ahead of them. They have the highest winning percentage of every team not in a playoff spot and it's not close. They're the only team out of a playoff spot right now with a positive goal difference. So the Bruins are a cup contender. They're a, they're, they're you know how like there are fraud good teams? The Bruins are like a fraud bad team. They're 14-9-2. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be right in the mix for the cup. There's no chance that you're even comparing. Now, Frankie, on the other hand, his blind optimism, I wish I had that. But guess what? I had that for so long. The Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups in the last 10 years. There's no reason for Frankie to be anything other than happy. Even though his team sucks, he can enjoy it because guess what? There's still Patrick King. There's still three banners. There's two statues coming to that rink. They're going to raise five banners of numbers in the next 10 years. Even with all the stuff off the ice, that's a disgusting disgrace. Their on-ice play has been elite for a long time, and they just now are starting to suck. And so Frankie's blind optimism about the Blackhawks making the playoffs, he deserves it. I don't need to do that. The Devils haven't been good since they made it to the Stanley Cup final in 2012. They've made the playoffs once and only won one game. And it took Taylor Hall having the unlikeliest MVP season in the history of the sport.
1: We'll we'll use that as a transition. Taylor Hall is no longer on the New Jersey Devils. No, he sucks on the Bruins too. I don't want to hear about
0: Taylor Hall. He's MVP, their eighth best
1: player. MVP seasons, but he is on the Boston Bruins, who are currently one point off fucking out of the hate playoff. the
0: Devils. Not watching anymore.
1: Um so I'll just transition myself here. Two milestones for this team in over the past week. Patrice Bergeron became fourth all time in assists at five hundred and fifty-four assists for Patrice Bergeron the only people he trails are Bobby Orr John Busick and Raymond Bork and just to give you a little nod whoa 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 hey <laughs> just to give a little nod to how many assists Raymond Bork has with the Boston Bruins Patrice Bergeron isn't even halfway there he sits at 1,111 assists probably not going to catch that man um, and then another milestone over this past week let me find it to give you the exact numbers. Bruce Cassidy has moved up to fifth all times in wins. Uh, I remember when they hired him as the interim head coach to take over Claude Julien, who is the winningest head coach in Brewing's history at 419. Uh, Bruce Cassidy is climbing the ranks. He's currently sit at, sitting at 208 wins right behind Don Cherry, Milt Schmidt, Art Ross, and like I said, Claude Julien. So some cool milestones for the Boston Bruins who are, we're just going to delete yesterday. Yesterday never happened. They never played the Vegas Golden Knights. That did not happen. The devil's next opponent. Yeah, good luck with that because I saw yesterday firsthand the Vegas Golden Knights are good. They're back ever since Max Pacioretty came back. He has scored a goal in every single game. He's currently on a career-high, franchise-high, seven-game goal-scoring streak for Max Pacioretty. He's got tons of assists in there as well. Mark Stone is awesome. That Vegas Golden Knights team is the real deal. They beat the Boston Bruins yesterday 4-1. to Um, but right before that, the Bruins were playing the best hockey of their season. They had five points with uh, all collecting a point. They had just uh, went got five possible points out of six or five points out of a possible six points on that Western Canada road trip where they played the Vancouver Canucks. They beat the Edmonton Oilers and they beat the Calgary Flames. Um, and you can tell Brad Martian returned against the Canucks in that game. And you can tell how good this lineup is with Brad Martian. He runs this offense. And now he's out with COVID and and it was clear that he was missing yesterday because him and Craig Smith were taken out of the lineup and it just leaves so many holes the the Bruins are about to go through a rough patch. I believe if they don't get some depth scoring from guys like Jake DeBrusque, Eric Holla, Nick Foligno looking for his first goal. But honestly, uh, the Bruins are, are, have been good lately. We'll see how they deal with this, uh, with this COVID outbreak that they seem to have gotten from uh, hopefully the, hopefully it's not too bad, but the Calgary flames, you know, you just played against them and, now they're on pause. You, you're you hoping the Bruins season doesn't get put on pause, but there are already so many games behind. But then again, would that be good for them? I, I'm going to go ahead and argue it would be because I'd rather them not play right now without Brad Marsh and then have to play games with. And Patrice without. Bergeron. Does Patrice Bergeron have COVID now? Yep. I see that. That's how busy my day has been. to just ruin my mood. Cancel the Bruins.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, I, I am hoping that they just honestly put put a pause on their season. Uh, let them play let them continue next week. The next game for the Calgary Flames is next Tuesday against the Anaheim Ducks. I'd like to see the Bruins do something similar because they miss too many more guys. Like it's just not going to be fair. There's so many games behind and now they're expected to play these games without their best players. So that's where we stand on that. Goaltending has been great. Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman have actually formed to be quite the duo in the NHL.
0: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Who are the? Uh, you never even talked about the upcoming opponents for the, uh, the New Jersey Devils why would I want to do
0: that they're going to get smoked by Vegas tomorrow they'll get killed by the Red Wings on Saturday and then they'll get dummied by the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday three straight Devils losses on the docket for this week
1: there you go. Uh, Bruins have four on tap. The New York, all on the, or two, three of them on the road, one at home. The New York Islanders, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Ottawa Senators, and then they come back home next Tuesday for the Carolina Hurricanes. I hope they don't play any of them until that Carolina game. Don't send this team to the Islanders' new arena. Don't send them to Montreal if they got COVID. Let them just take a pause, take another three games, you know, behind. Who cares? They'll make it up later. Um, I don't want them to just be spreading COVID, and I don't want them to play games without their best players.
0: Yep. Fuck COVID, fuck the devils, and fuck you. Frank, thoughts on the devils and Bruins?
2: I think I told you the, the Devils need to just play consistent. I don't think they're out of it. I if I, I can't sit here and not think the Hawks are out of it and then think the devils are out of it when the devils are they have a less gap to fill. They just I, gotta think,
1: stay, I think the Hawks have a better chance than the devils. Oh they shut up.
2: Gotta, they just <laughs> gotta stay consistent. As far as the Bruins 10 points out. They're only one point out the Bruins and no, the, the no, Hawks no, I know you're talking out. about the Hawks. I'm, I'm transitioning to the Bruins. You keep going on with your rant. I'm a... going <laughs> to the Bruins just need to keep their foot on the pedal. Okay. That's all I got to say. There's nothing else to say. Keep the foot on the pedal. I think they've been playing. Okay. One win. They're in the playoffs. So uh,
1: I'm calling out. Them. Um, I'm calling out spaghetti, man. I need more from my guy. I need more from David Pasternak. He hasn't been necessarily the David Pasternak that you need to be a playoff team. I'm, I'm calling out Spaghetti Man. I know he watches. Start scoring more goals.
0: Maybe I'll listen to Barbie Girl on the way out tonight. He and... needs all the
1: good vibes he can get. I'll, I'll, I'll real quick say his stats right now. Give me just four seconds. David Pasternak right now in 25 games played has eight goals, 13 assists. You said you need more from Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane is arguably having a better year right now than David Pasternak. I need more from Spaghetti Man.
0: Uh, the points per game favor Pasternak more,
1: but uh, no, he has twenty one points in twenty five games. Kane has twenty
0: three points in twenty four games. Math isn't your strong suit. Did Kane miss some time, or have the Hawks only played twenty four games?
2: Uh, Kane, I don't think Kane, Kane he had yeah.
0: to miss. Kane they didn't missed.
2: Kane has not twenty four games. I yeah, know they I, played. I,
0: they they played 27. twenty seven. Yeah. So either Pat, either Joey's wrong, or Patrick Kane missed five games. Or four Patrick games. Kane has
1: 23 games played and he has 22 points. Then
0: he yeah, missed four missed games. Game. I think okay. he
2: did. I think there was a, a time early in the season he missed games. So yeah. therefore,
1: he has he is one point away from being point per game.
0: Pasta is... It was uh, right before Colleton got fired, if I remember correctly. I do remember now, actually. Yes, he missed a game against Vancouver, I want to say. But I, I can't remember for sure. So, hey... One of the all-time great goalies of the last 20 years has been a guy. I, we haven't talked about him that much on this show because during our show's life, he had been rehabbing from injury and not really blood, part. Man. Yeah, we haven't seen him play. But I know that for a long time, me and Joey specifically, Frank, you could chime in as well, we've been big Ben Bishop fans. And Ben Bishop was one of the great goalies of the past, I said, 20 years, but really it's about 10 He started his career with the Ottawa Senators, and things didn't go as well there. But once he was picked up by the Tampa Bay Lightning, they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And those of you who might remember, the Lightning had Ben Bishop in net while they were molding Andre Vasilevsky and developing him, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final where they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in six games. But Bishop was amazing, and he was just so good for so long. I mean, Vesna Trophy conversations and – Probably going to come short of the Hall of Fame just because of lack of time, you know, service, all, all that kind of stuff. But for a long time, he looked like one of those types of goalies, and it was very hard to beat him. So from me specifically, congratulations to Ben Bishop on retirement after a great career. I'm sorry that your knee injury was in – in I don't even know the word I'm it's looking reparable. for. repairable. He rehabbed. He really tried. And you know what? you rarely see players give the effort to coming back that Bishop did. He tried so hard to make it back this season. The Stars carried four goalies, including him, while they let him try and come back. And, you know, once he announced his retirement, they put Hudobin on waivers, and now they're running with Ottinger and, of course, Braden Holpe, who's having a really good year so far. So shout-out to Dallas Stars, Ben Bishop, all-time great with the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. So, great career from him, and Frank, we'll start with you.
2: I got a, I'm gotta. going to go on a little bit of a rant about Ben Bishop in a good way. Um, I got a lot to say about him. I'm the stat guy, so I'm going to go over some of his career stats. Good, because
1: and... everything I'm going to say is off the cusp, so go ahead. And... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I just want to say congrats, Ben Bishop, on a, a great career. Uh, like Vinny says, I'm sorry it had to end the way that it did, because I knew you had more playing time in you, but I'm just honored to have gotten to witness you and it's been a privilege to watch you your whole career since i've started hockey it's been great um and everybody knows how great of a goalie he he really is right i mean and the numbers don't lie too we look at his career games
0: um, frank i'm gonna cut you off for one second your audio is like very strange sounding so i'm gonna wait for it to come back and okay i think you're good now
1: good it was yep. fine for me. I wonder if that was just on your end. Oh, maybe it was
0: just on my end. I'm very sorry about that if that's the case, but go ahead.
2: Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have how many career games he was written down, but I, it was in the 400 somewhere, but that's not important. What import, What's important here is that in those 400 and X amount of games, he had 222 wins, 127 losses, and he had a 232 goals against average, a 921 save percentage, and 38 or 33 shutouts. And that was all in the regular season. You look at that numbers and you have a goalie who's 232 goals against average in your career. That is freaking phenomenal. Those are great stats. 33 shutouts, amazing, 921 save percentage. I believe that's pretty good, too, for a career that's outstanding. Then you want to look at his postseason, what he's done in the postseason. He has 52 games played in the postseason, 29 and 21 uh, win-loss record. With the 227 goals against and a 924 save percentage. His postseason is better than his regular season. And that's hard to do. And that could also be due to the size, the sample size is way less amount of games. But he's an even better goalie when it comes to the playoffs. And we know in sports that some players are worse than it comes to the playoffs. Look at Clayton Kershaw. He's not a playoff pitcher. He stinks in the playoffs. He's still a phenomenal pitcher and one of the greatest pitchers, but he stunk in the playoffs. So the fact that Ben Bishop was able to have an even better postseason career along with five shutouts is amazing. And interesting fact, too, you want to know his worst season stats as a starter, which came in the 2019-2020 season? He had a 250 goals against and a 920 save percentage, which if that's the worst season of your career as a starter, then you're doing something right.
0: That might win the Vesna Trophy in a lot of seasons.
2: Great goalie. So happy that he got to play an amazing career. I know how much the game of hockey meant to him. And all I could say is uh, congrats on retirement, but I'm sorry it had to go down the way it did.
1: Yeah, Frank, you gave some you know amazing numbers. And I knew Ben Bishop. And what I was going to kind of ramble about was how we essentially, with all the time he's missed due to injury, I feel like we got robbed out of seeing an elite Hall of Fame goalie emerge. Because I think we'd be talking about him amongst, you know, we just saw Ryan Miller retire, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price, Jonathan Quick, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, some of those elite goalies that we've seen in our era of watching hockey. I think Ben Bishop's name would have been right there with everyone. Uh, He was that good. Vin, I think of you when we saw that we went to that Lightning game early in the season. Uh, He wasn't the Lightning number one goalie, I don't believe. Uh, Anders Lindback had started the season that year. They opened up against the Boston Bruins. And then two days later, they played the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago, where Ben Bishop made his season debut. And we sat right next to Limbach on the bench. Uh, and I remember looking at Ben Bishop, like, this guy is huge. He was, he's probably one of the tallest goalies in the league while he played. And he was awesome. He ended up, he, I believe, he beat the Hawks that game in a shootout. Uh, and then I don't think anyone mentioned this, but he had a little stint in Los Angeles traded from the, uh, the tampa bay lightning and when that happened vin i was with you we were by our uncle's house um i remember the day vividly we were like worried okay the kings just got uh ben bishop they now have like what the best duo in the league uh in jonathan quick who i think was dealing with some injuries at the time and ben bishop and then that's kind of when the ben bishop injury started he wasn't able to stay healthy and then but when he was healthy especially with dallas this dude's stats were unreal. A, f- a goalie that, that everyone needed to have in fantasy. It's just he was always on the IR, and it it ended up being the uh, the death of his career. So, uh, a great career. I feel like we as hockey fans got screwed out of seeing more from him. Uh, arguably, could have been by the time he he retired, had he been healthy his whole career. Arguably, could have been the best American goalie to ever play. I'll just that's that's what I think, and that's how highly I think of Ben Bishop as a goaltender.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, it stinks that it ended up being that way. I know the day you're talking about when he was traded to the Los Angeles Kings, we were playing a certain card game. So I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's crazy. So, Frank, very good stuff with the statistics and stuff. I'm sorry I cut you off. I guess my thing was just making a weird sound and I didn't want it to ruin all your stats, but I'm glad you were able to get them out. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Thank you for the compliment.
0: Oh, of course. Great stuff, as always, boys. So Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning. These are the three teams that lead the Atlantic Division. Right behind them is, of course, the Detroit Red Wings and Boston Bruins trying to fight to stay in a playoff spot themselves. But out of these three teams that are emerging as the top three in the Atlantic Division, who is the best? Joe?
1: I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best when healthy. They've dealt with injuries. Um, the fact that they're here with some of the injuries that they've had to deal with this year, uh, missing Braden Point for a notable amount of time still, uh, Nikita Kucherov still out. Uh, I think on paper and you know, once all, everyone's healthy, they will prove to be the best team once again. Uh, but the Florida Panthers, to me, are one of the most complete teams in the NHL right now. Uh, they have been all year, and I think they're going to consistently be that way for the rest of the year. Uh, and the Leafs just are very, very top-heavy, probably the most top-heavy bunch. If you take the top five best players on each team, the Leafs have the best out of all of them, but it's about depth Depth wins your games, a complete team effort wins your games, and I think the Florida Panthers, out of these three, give you that.
2: All right, Frank? I'm going to go with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning just because I think they're a very well-rounded team. Like Joey said, when healthy, Um, and the team that wins the Cup, is the team that is best well-rounded. You look at statistics on the best teams in the league every year, who wins the president's trophy, they don't always win the cup. It's like, what, eight or nine out of the past like 50-something President trophy winners have won the Stanley Cup because it doesn't always go to who's the best team in the NHL. You, If you want to win a cup, it, you have to go by what team is best well-rounded. And out of the three, Tampa Bay, in my opinion, when healthy are the best well-rounded team, followed by Florida – and Toronto
0: in third. Fair enough. I disagree with both of you, Of as I'm sure Joey expected. I think the Tampa Bay, I put them third. I'm going Florida, Toronto, Tampa. So I think Florida, they were my Stanley Cup champion in the preseason. I'm still sticking with it. But I do like Vegas and Toronto. They have those and Minnesota. I would say those are my Mount Rushmore right now. But I, I think Florida's good, and they're winning without Barkov. And Barkov came back, and now he's back on IR, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm all in on the Florida Panthers, and I hope the Toronto Maple Leafs prove everyone wrong in the postseason, but I don't care what place they come in. But if I had to pick one of these three that will end up winning the division, I'm going to stick with the Florida Panthers.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, credit to you for throwing Vegas out there. I know we're talking about this these three top Atlantic teams, but honestly, if we're talking as a league right now, this Vegas Golden Knights team, I think, is better than ever. Yeah, it doesn't show that way in the standings, but that's some yeah. scary stuff brewing over in the desert.
0: <laughs> I agree, and Jack Eichel is only getting better and better, and they're not going to go. We'll get to the Olympics in a little bit, but um starting to think they're not going to go to the Olympics, so Jack Eichel's focus will be the Vegas Golden Knights and adding a guy like that to this team. They're not the Golden Misfits anymore, certainly not. So it'll be see, it'll be interesting. I hope they play one of these top teams in the – Atlantic Division. But a team that's going to try and stop the Vegas Golden Knights from getting to where they need to go is the Anaheim Ducks, who every show, we seem to be talking about them more and more like, hey, do you think... For, at first, it was like, hey, this is a really nice start. Then it was like, hey, Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers are so really fun to watch. Now it's like, oh, Anaheim, we're at Thanksgiving, and they're in a playoff spot. We're talking wild card for Anaheim. This is awesome. And then last week, it was like, they're in a division spot. This is nice. And then here we are on December 15th, 2021. And the Anaheim Ducks. They've played a couple extra games. I think Vegas will catch them. But as of right now, they sit in first place of the Pacific Division. Frank, the Ducks.
2: Well, the Ducks are in first place, obviously, like you said, for now. I don't think they'll stay there only because they're the only them. And the Canucks are the only two teams in the Pacific Division that have played 30 games. So there's a lot of opportunities coming up for teams behind them to catch them. And some of the elite teams are not that far behind behind them. And unfortunately, John Gibson went down with an injury. I don't know if it, he'll be back soon. I, I didn't really get the injury report on him. Um, so that kind of hurts him a tad. But Stellaris, has been, he's been really good. So, I mean, he's a great backup to have. I think he can hold the weight for a little bit until Gibson comes back. But, uh, yeah, Ducks are rolling, but I, I don't see them being in first place at the end of the year.
0: Joseph?
1: Yeah, Stolarz has been good. He's got nine games played, five wins, two losses, one overtime loss. He's got a 2-2-6 two, two, goals against with a 9-3 save percentage. He got his first shutout uh, recently against the Buffalo Sabres where they won 2 to nothing. Uh, And I believe he started in this Pittsburgh game. Let me just triple-check that. Uh... John, That's where John Gibson went down that game. John Gibson made 15. So he gave up the one goal and then Stellaris came in and made 13 saves. But um, yeah, the Ducks next two games are two games that they should win against Seattle and Arizona. So, you know, these are teams that you should beat. And I personally think that the only thing that will stop this Anaheim Ducks team from winning the division is the Vegas Golden Knights continuing to be as good as they can be. Uh, Other than that, I'm all in on the Ducks. I think they are one of the best teams in the league uh they can win the cup and as long as it's not against the boston bruins i will be so happy i will buy all that shit with so much pride uh i am all in on this team i love them so much fun i think the cup
0: is pushing it they're not one of the cup contenders for me they're a regular season up and coming team for me but i am very proud of the ducks and the way they've played so far this season and i hope they continue to do so because if they did make a miraculous run towards the cup i'll be right there with joey cheering them on
1: I think it's very possible. I think they are a great, great mix of veteran you know, guys who've been there and young studs up and coming going to be big problems for every team in the league.
0: They're kind of big and mean too, which is always hard to beat in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and I'm also out on the Oilers. I think they stink.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. When McDavid and Drysdale are going, they're as good as anyone. But speaking of McDavid, they played against Austin Matthews in the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday, and in- a battle between probably the two best players in the NHL, in my opinion. And Matthews got the better of McDavid, but it's also a team game. But, you know, your team winning is technically you getting the better of them. Like Matthews was a happier man than McDavid last night in that building. So it was a really good game. I watched the entire thing. I enjoyed it a lot. Once the Devils were down 5-1, to I booted them to the computer because they fucking suck. And then I moved Maple Leafs Oilers to the big TV. And it was a very, very, very fun game to watch. And I love watching these two make plays. McDavid had a play. He didn't score. But if he did, it would have, like, been one of those goals that broke the Internet. And it was like he dangled through five or six Leaf players. Five or six. There's not six players out there. Three or four Leafs players. And, you know, he put it right onto Campbell's pads. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like he has a chance every single time he's on the ice. And it's just whether or not the goalie makes the save that keeps him from having 100 points or 200 points. So it, it was a great game to watch. But, Joe, I ask you, Maple Leafs, Oilers, McDavid, Matthews, what do you like in that matchup? Who do you think is the better team? And do you think Matthews has a chance to assert himself into that 1B conversation with McDavid?
1: 100%. I think uh, I think Matthews is – probably you know i don't want to say he's as consistent as a guy like alex ovechkin because ovechkin's literally been doing it for 15 years um and we'll see how matthew's game changes over the years if he's you know a consistent 50 goal scorer, because yeah Ovi's a consistent 50 goal score um i i honestly believe he can be i think austin matthews is definitely right up there with mcdavid for the best players in the world uh and I think the Leafs are – you're going to love hearing me say this. I think the Leafs are worlds better than the Edmonton Oilers. And they, they proved it yesterday. I, I did, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, outside of Leon Dreisaitl and Conor Like, when you have two guys who each are at a combined – what are they, a combined 100 points already for those two guys? Like, yeah. This, this team should be doing a little better. They've lost their past six straight games. Uh, I don't know. The Oilers just are not having it. So, yeah, to answer that, real quick to answer that, the Leafs are a way better team. And yes, Matthews is right up there with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysettle, Nathan McKinnon for the best players in the world.
2: Frank? Uh, Yeah, I think Toronto's the better of the two teams. Last night we saw uh, Matthews score two goals, and the Oilers were McDavid and Drysettle were held off the scoring sheet as a whole. Kind of surprising. And I ultimately don't think that either of these teams will be cup contenders just for the way you see if teams figure out how to shut down their top guys, what are they going to do? I mean, the Oilers can't always rely on McDavid and Dreisaitl. We saw it last night. They don't get on the score sheet. They lose 5-1, to one. seriously. But look what happens when Matthews gets on the score sheet. And I'm sure Nylander assisted on some of those goals yesterday. So when their top guys are going, what are you going to do? Like I said earlier, to win the cup, you need to have a well-rounded team. You look at when the Hawks won the cup, they were getting goals by uh, Dave Bolin, Brian Bickle. I mean, you, you just you need like you need other players to chip in. You just can't always rely on your top guys. Um, but I think the, the Maple Leafs are the better team as of right now. But I just don't see either team doing anything this postseason.
1: Yeah, and the, uh these Oilers lost. I said they're on a six game losing streak. One of them was on the road, and it was the very first one of this losing streak against Seattle. The rest have all been at home. Currently on a five-game home losing streak, they play tomorrow at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets to close out a six-game homestand. They have a the chance to literally go zero and seven in their past seven, and zero and six on their homestand.
0: <laughs> Who's a better player, Leon Drysaitel or Austin Matthews?
1: Leon Drysaitel,
0: right.
2: I guess statistics would say Dreisaitl, but I think Matthews is the better goal scorer.
0: Yeah, I think Joey's on glue. Dreisaitl's an, a great player. He's a top five player. He'd be, a, just a, he'd be very good on another team. I don't know if he'd have 50 points because let me tell you something, those McDavid, Dreisaitl power play points, they definitely help each other out with the points. But Matthews, he could play anywhere, anyone, and he's scoring 40 goals minimum. Minimum. Uh,
1: I, think the, I think the same about Dreisaitl. I think it's disrespectful to Leon Dreisaitl to say he's only got this as good as he is because he plays with me. I with don't say that. Teams. I'm
0: not saying he's as good as he is. I think the production is some – is helped along think with
1: If you game. were to pluck it him is. on the Columbus Blue Jackets, he would still have 50 points.
0: I don't think so,
1: no. I do. I think he'd you have 40. Maybe, four. maybe have four, 40, okay. He'd still be second in the league.
0: Okay. But – okay, Maybe. I think I, you, I'd rather have Matthews on my team. I would take Matthews over Dreisaitl. I'm taking Leon Dreisaitl. All right. I, I think that's a fair – I think it's a fair argument because I think I'd rather McKinnon than Dreisaitl as well. But that's a little more of a debate for me. I think Dreisaitl is the third best player in the NHL. I got Matthews second.
1: I'd rather McKinnon over both of them.
2: Oh. Yeah, I think I'd take McKinnon.
1: See, um, I would yeah. go – I think right. I would go. It's, not, it's it's not all about points for me. Sometimes you that's watch.
0: that's what I'm saying about Matthews. I know, I know and that. I get that. And I get that. If you have that. And argument, I, do think, I do think I do think Dry would be one of the leagues. He he got better when McDavid got hurt and ended up winning the MVP. I know how good Dry is without McDavid. We literally saw it in the, the last full season with no COVID was 2018-19. Dry won the MVP. Or no, was that the year with COVID, with shutdown?
1: Yeah, I don't know. You're I, the memory guy.
0: It was that year. It was that year. It was the COVID year the, where it got canceled. McDavid got hurt, and sidle carried the load the rest of the way. And I don't know. I think I think Dreisaitl's very good. He's top three. I would probably go McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. But that's a conversation for another day. I just wanted to add that in and ask about Dreisaitl versus Matthews. But we alluded to it earlier. Bruce Boudreaux, new coach of the Vancouver Canucks. They've been 5-0 and since making his way over there to British Columbia. And I don't think it's sustainable. Do I think they're a better team with him as the coach? Absolutely. I don't think it's arguable. They're literally 5-0 and since he took over. But – do I think that it's sustainable where they'll just win five in a row consistently and, you know, make it eight of 10 or 12 of 15? No, I don't. The roster's not good enough. I, I, I sold them short going into the season. I'm still selling them short. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? No. Do I think they'll be better than they were? Yes. So that's where I'm at on the Vancouver Canucks. And Joe, I know you had some thoughts on it. I love Bruce Boudreaux. I think he's such so awesome a lot guy. I think he's the most likable coach in the NHL. I and I,
1: I would love to agree with that because uh, you just watched him on uh, – what well, was he on before he took the coaching job? Was well, it was yet? NHL
0: Network. It was NHL Network. And there's a reason a guy like that goes on NHL Network. You need a personality in order to do that. So I I truly think he's the most likable coach in the NHL. Yeah, and and even like when he was doing panel on the NHL Network, you could just
1: tell how fun he is, how much he loves hockey. He was a prolific point scorer in the NHL as well. It's very rare you see a guy who is successful in the league be as successful as a head coach. Usually head coaches were mediocre hockey players. Grinders. Exactly. They understand the game good, but they necessarily weren't able to do it. Those are the best kind of coaches. Bruce Boudreaux is one of those rare cases where he was great on the ice and he's great at coaching, and we're seeing it right now with the Vancouver Canucks. Best started to take over a new team in his career. Uh, he's 5-0, and like you said, in his first five games. One of those wins was against the Bruins, so you know he's fucking good. Uh, the only thing is all of those games were at home. We'll see how he plays on the road tomorrow or how the team plays under him on the road tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. That should be a good one. And just another nod about him, not as a coach or a player. I always think of the story when our uncle met him back when he was the coach of the Anaheim Ducks. And he just, he, you could see firsthand, he said how much of a likable guy he was just a friendly guy. I would love, and you look at that picture down there, he just is a happy, happy human. So I'm so happy. I'm not going to say I like the Canucks cause I really don't like the Canucks at all, but
0: they're probably the most really- brutal fan base in the NHL.
1: Yeah. And uh, he said in the post game interview, I believe it was after uh after he won his fourth straight, he said, I wish they would stop singing that silly song. And I don't know if you know what the Canucks fans do. They sing,
0: Bruce, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about
1: that. And 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 he should have never said anything in the post-game interview because yesterday, when they were up late in the game, as the clock was ticking down against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the building was going crazy saying, Bruce, there it is. It was honestly hilarious. Yeah, and
0: before Frankie goes, I – you, you made me think of something. So like most coaches are, are like former grinders or like third pair defensemen or third line forwards. They could have been okay players, but most of them weren't superstars. And I think that's because like superstars think the game just a little bit differently. Their hands are able to do things that most people can't do. So when you expect that of your players, it doesn't always translate because like if you're Wayne Gretzky trying to teach someone how to be you, that's not possible. But someone like Joel Quinville can help teach someone how to become him. Because he wasn't that good, and you need that in order to like elevate your game and become a better player. So that's why I, I kind of think it is the way it is. But Frank, your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks?
2: I mean, how can you not like a guy with the look at his smile?
0: Yeah, seriously. Look at him, he's
2: cheesing from year to year. How could you not like and respect a guy that's like that? I do think, besides the Arizona Coyotes of all the teams we talked about today, that the Canucks are in the worst position, even though they're five and zero, because, like I said earlier. In the Pacific Division and in the NHL, they are tied with the most games played. <laughs> look at him! I mean, look—he's just a happy guy. He's Just a great guy. Um,
1: he's staring at you. He's kind of in the perfect.
2: Because he knows, yeah. that, but
0: he likes LSU,
2: and he might. <laughs> um, that the now nah, you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> I was rolling, and um, no, but they have thirty games played. Which is tied for the most games in the league, and they're still not in a playoff spot. Which is why it's very hard to make up ground when you don't have any games in hand, and you're still trying to catch teams. Now it's a problem, and that's why I think they have like the hardest time. And they're they're the most they're the team I don't have the most confidence in out of all the teams we talked about. Obviously, the Coyotes suck; they stink, twelve points. But disregard them. Um, I think the Canucks are in a really bad position, and I think the five and zero. Oh, it's like the tip of the iceberg but you don't really know what's underneath the whole thing until you like actually see it. So yeah, they're like oh, 5 and 0 is nice, but I, I they're still in a really bad position.
1: Well, let's yeah. hope it's 9 and 0. Could they play the Sharks, then the Leafs at home on Saturday and then the Coyotes and then the Sharks again by the time we do a show next Wednesday. Not so if they if they're 9 and 0 by that time, i mean, at oh. another 8
0: I'll start to believe if that becomes the case. I mean, I'm rooting for it because I love Bruce Boudreau. He was the coach of the Minnesota Wild for a long time and he had Zach Parisi and all that. So, you know, I'll always have a little soft spot in my heart for Bruce Boudreau. Now, when I say he's the most likable coach in the NHL, I've made it very, very clear on this I've made it very, very clear on this show and my Devils pregame who I think the best coach in the NHL is. I believe it's Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but like Bruce Boudreau He's like one of the great coaches who ever lived. So and if anybody's ever interested in learning a little bit more about Bruce Boudreau, a very fun fact about him. I don't know every little detail. I'd have to go back and read the story. It comes across my timeline every year on the anniversary. You click it every now and then, like maybe every three years, you'll click on it, refresh your memory. I might look it up again after the show. Now that it's on my mind. He had a ticket onto the flight that ended up crashing into one of the towers on 9-11. And something caused him to miss the flight that day. So we were very, very close to never being able to be a part of the fortunes that came with knowing Bruce Brujo as a coach. It's a very, very, very interesting story. And that anniversary means a lot to him. So he's a good dude. And, you know, we're happy he's in, back in the NHL. I, I, the Canucks are a great story so far. I wish I had a little more faith in them. I hope they give me a little more faith by the time we have our next show. I reserve the right to change that opinion.
1: Yeah. And we, uh, I mean, if you just listen or watch any one of our shows within the past three weeks, you can tell how much of Ducks guys we are. And I, I believe it all starts with the team, those Ducks teams that he coached for us in our time, you know, becoming hockey fans. That's yeah. What I I, think of Bruce Pedro, the absolutely. Of the Ducks with Corey Perry and Ryan Getzla.
0: Sure. I remember him with the caps too, but you're right. The Ducks... The Ducks were certainly, like, I think they're in both of our top tens. I don't know about Frankie, but they're certainly in both of our top tens. And, like, those games with Getzlaff and Perry and Kessler. And, you know, they had Freddie Anderson and Gibson as the goalie duo. And they had players like Kevin Bieksa and, you know, stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun to watch those teams back in the day. Yep. So let's let's have a little bit of holiday Christmas fun, you know? Maybe not quite as much as next Wednesday, But I think we're going to have some fun in period number three. And, gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to period number three, where we're going to play another game. Last week we played a game. We had a little bit of fun with it. And those of you who know me, you know I'm a big fan of ESPN 1000. On Crosstown Crosstalk last week, you can check it every Thursday at 2 p.m., we had Randy Merkin one of the executive producers over there at ESPN 1000. And on my favorite show on the network, Cap and J. Hood, formerly known as Cap and Company, they played it on both shows. They play a game called Shot or No Shot. And on Shot or No Shot, the MC reads a prompt and then asks you guys, Shot or No Shot? And I'll chime in with my opinion too. Don't you worry. You know I don't hesitate to give an opinion, but I will let each of you go first. We'll start with Joey on the first question and then we'll rotate each question who goes first. It would so, be
1: interesting if we had like a shot of whiskey or something, and we like if I agree with it, I take the shot. If not, I don't. Take I mean, shot. I
0: have five prompts here, so you could have as many as five shots if that were the case.
1: That would be uh that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, but you have a hockey game tonight, you don't want to do that.
1: Is yeah, it being with the rupplements? <laughs> Shout out to Rupplements. I think uh, I'm saying. Rupplements? Ruppelman's, Ruppelman's. I don't even know I what know. it is. Is it rump or rump? I I like it Rupp? Rupp.
0: Rupp. It Rupp? I thought it was Mike Rupp. Is it Mike Rupp? Rupp. Speaking of NHL Network, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so guys, welcome to Shot or No Shot, where I will ask you the question, and you'll answer Shot or No Shot. And Joe, I'll start with you. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been rolling. They got Sydney Crosby back from COVID. Um, the wrist injury, all that kind of stuff. He's on a roll now after somewhat of a slow start from his return, and they're getting Evgeny Malkin back from injury in short order. So, Joseph, I ask you, shot or no shot, when Malkin returns, the Pittsburgh Penguins are Stanley Cup contenders.
1: Shot, Shot.
0: you're allowed to give a little bit of an explanation, too. Doofus, yeah,
1: they, I believe, uh. They've actually done their fair share this season without him and without Sidney Crosby for a notable time dealing with injury and COVID. Um, now add Sidney Crosby's been back for a little bit now. Add him back. Add Malcolm back. Uh, Casey Smith seems to be finding it. Tristan Jari's been unreal. Smith just had a shutout recently, I believe. I mean, he might have started that Anaheim game where they beat him one Um, Either way, the goaltending's yeah. been there as of late uh Evgeny Malkin coming back is just nothing but good news for this team so I think an already overproducing, from what I believe they were at the beginning of the season Pittsburgh Penguins are just going to only get better so shot for me Frank
2: um I'm going to go ahead and say shot as well just because the Penguins will be the Penguins you know I, they kind of have that feel of like when the Hawks were winning three cups in six seasons like some of the years you may, didn't think the Hawks may win it, but if the Penguins, when they're healthy, get their players back, they're just going to do penguin-like things. And I could just see that team really clicking going forward. Now, do I think there are other teams better than them? Yeah, but I didn't want to say no shot because I do think there is a small part of me that thinks that they could go on a playoff run. And it's, we've seen in the past Crosby, Malkin, they're very playoff-oriented players. I, I just I have to go with shot.
0: Very interesting. I predicted both of you to say no shot. And I was wrong. So I agree with you. you both. I will always have faith in the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're probably my third favorite team. They're like tied with the Leafs for my third favorite team behind the Devils and Bruins. So you know how much I love my Penguins. When Gino comes back, I'm going to be all in on them. And I just can't wait to see that Pittsburgh Penguins team with a full roster. We'll see if they're able to make some noise in the postseason. Joe, you were going to add something or no?
1: I was going to say how the, the, the team leading that division is the Washington Capitals, who we'll get a good look at tonight. Uh, they're sitting at 40 points. They have 28 games played. Uh, I do think the Capitals are slightly better, but you never know. You go on runs, there's still a lot of hockey to be played left. The Penguins still have a lot of games versus the Capitals left, and they're only five points behind them sitting in that top wild card spot. So, honestly, I think any one of those top four teams that are currently sitting in the Metropolitan, any one of those four can win the division. I think the Penguins are right
0: there in that race. Fair enough. And you brought up the Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin is tied with Austin Matthews for the second most goals in the National Hockey League with 20. They trail Leon Dreisaitl, who has 23. Ovechkin trails only McDavid and Dreisaitl for the scoring lead, the outright scoring lead, not just goals, just the total points. So I ask you guys, Frank, we'll start with you. Shot or no shot, if Alexander Ovechkin ends up passing Leon Dreisaitl for the league goal-scoring lead, he will win the Hart Trophy.
2: Yeah, shot. Absolutely. We talk about how much Ovechkin is just a pure goal-scorer. So if he ends up passing him, he's not going to slow down, especially almost halfway through the season. I just don't see it happening. Alex Ovechkin is too good of a goal-scorer, so I'm going to go with shot.
0: You know I'm talking about the Hart Trophy, right? The MVP?
2: Oh, I thought you said – oh, no. I, but I still go with uh, – If no, he wins
0: I, the Rocket Richard, does he win the Har, the Hart Trophy?
2: Oh, I thought you said if he – will he win the Rocket Yeah, Richard? It's
0: not saying whether or not, like, he does win it or he has oh. – do you think there's a shot he wins the Hart Trophy if he ends up leading the league in scoring – and goals?
2: No, no shot. I, I really don't. Um, Alex Ovechkin doesn't chip in on assists too much. Like I said, he's a pure goal scorer he gets the assist once in a while no it's not going to happen i don't there's no shot i don't
1: Johnson, see it i say absolutely shot i think he can win it even without winning the rocket richard i think he has uh he currently has 20 goals and he's third in scoring one point behind uh, dry Seidel and mcdavid he has 24 assists more four more assists than he does goals i honestly think he can win the heart trophy regardless if he wins the rocket richard he is that important to the Washington Capitals, and the league knows it.
0: I agree with Joey. He is just as much of a playmaker these days as he is a goal scorer. And if he does pass Leon Dreisaitl, I do think there is a shot. He wins the MVP. I also think McDavid and Dreisaitl take votes away from each other, and that would leave Alexander Ovechkin. If the season ended today, they would be the three nominees, in my opinion. Shot. Fair enough? i would be two shots deep right Sh- now. Maybe it's a shot. good thing we didn't. Yeah, really, I didn't expect you to agree with me on both so far, but maybe we'll get a little bit of a debate here. Adam Fox currently is third in the NHL in assists. So I ask you, Joe, shot or no shot, Adam Fox is the current front runner for the Norris Trophy.
1: No shot. No shot. There's a guy who plays over in Colorado who is just too damn good. His time has come to, you know, enter the Norris Trophy chat. Adam Fox won it last year, and that is Kale McCarr. I say there's no shot anyone wins it, but Kale McCarr, who just seems to score every single game as a defenseman. Frank,
2: I'm gonna disagree with Joey here and go shot. I uh, Adam Fox. I mean, this dude. The Rangers have been really good. They've way past my expectations. So seeing what the Rangers are doing and seeing what he's doing it's hard to not say, like, yeah, he's going to win this thing. I mean, Colorado had a rocky start. McCar's playing great, so you can't really take Colorado's play into consideration on if he wins the Norris or not. But I think this is Adam Fox's year. He's been a stud.
0: I agree with Frankie. I think as of right now, Fox is the frontrunner. I think Kale McCarr is in the conversation. If the question was shot or no shot, does Kale McCarr have a chance to win the Norris Trophy? I would say shot. But as of right now, if the season ended today, do I see Adam Fox as the front runner? I would say shot. Victor Hedman, John Carlson, and Roman Yossi round out my top five for the Norris Trophy. If the season ended today and the Nash national- and Gary Bettman called me and said, Vince, you get a Norris Trophy ballot. I need your one through five. I would go Fox, McCar, Hedman, Carlson, Yossi in that order. So I'm with you on that. There's a lot of season left, though. With disrespect to Chuck. Chuck's great, but he's probably Chuck, sixth. He's probably Chuck, sixth. Chuck's had a Norris Trophy season up to the Sure. Th- there are some great players in the NHL. There are five guys who deserve the Hart Trophy right now, and there are six or seven guys who deserve the Norris Trophy, and there are about four goalies that deserve the Vesna. It's a great league, the NHL right now. What a time to be alive. Don't do stupid shit so you can stay on this earth and watch hockey as long as you can because it is great right now. So that's how I feel about that.
1: 13 goals, 13 assists for Kale McCarr. 26 points in 23 games. That's... You gotta okay, love that. Adam
0: Fox has more assists than Kale McCarr has points, but I'll leave it at that. COVID-19 cases are rising across the sports world as we start to get into winter. The twindemic between the flu and COVID has been hurting teams across the league. And, of course, the National Hockey League is preparing to participate in the 2022 Winter Olympic Games they're thinking about implementing some rules where if you test positive in China during the tournament, you have to quarantine for a long time. And if you do it towards the end of the tournament, you're not coming back to your NHL team for a while. And they're going to come back home to the good old U S of a while your ass stays in China. So who went first last time, Joey? So Frank, I'll ask you shot or no shot. If the COVID issues continue to rise and the rules that are in rumors continue to be put into fruition, the NHL should stay away from the Olympic Games.
2: So shot or no shot on if they should stay away? Yes. Um, I don't think – I'll say no shot. I don't think they're going to stay away, but I don't know. This is so – I it could see it go either way. There's no middle here. Um, I think it depends on how bad the cases get. I, I really – I'm really torn on if they will or not. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say to that.
0: I... All right, no yeah. shot, Joseph.
1: <laughs> no shot. Um, I'm a little confused. Do I say shot if I think they should not go to the Olympics? Yes, shot. Shot me up all day. They should stay away from the Olympics as far as possible. You just break broke news to me right now. This earlier the show that Patrice Bergeron is on. Patrice Bergeron is on the COVID protocol, and that breaks my heart because knowing that Brad Marchand is out for the next six games on the stupid COVID protocol, you know, really, really hurts me. And I don't want to see my players stuck in China for 20 days once uh, the Olympics happen. So give me a shot. I do not want to see my players go to the Olympics. We'll see what happens with that.
0: Absolutely. I know the players really want to go. I wish I would say no shot, but I'm going to say shot because if Jack Hughes or Nico, he's I know I've gone and i go out on my rant about the devil sucking, but I still love them and I want my players In North America, safe and healthy. And if they're stuck in China, I would be very concerned. I'm not a fan of that. So if this continues to happen, the way that it's happening and the rules that are being discussed go into fruition, continue to go into fruition, I will be very upset. And so I have one more for you guys, not hockey related. The Arizona Cardinals lost on Monday Night Football to the Los Angeles Rams. So that makes it the second time this season that they have lost to one of the powerhouses in the NFC, the other being the Green Bay Packers. So I ask you, shot or no shot, Joseph, the Arizona Coyote Cardinals are frauds. No
1: shot. They are the real deal. Kyler Murray is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's on a trajectory to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I'm all on board with the Arizona Cardinals.
2: Frank? I'm going to go no shot as well just because – what? Because he lost yesterday and then people are going to say, oh, he's frauds? No. I mean, the top teams in the league have three losses and now the Cardinals have three losses. I think he's a great quarterback. I thought they really played the end of the game yesterday – or when was that game? Monday.
1: Monday. Very
2: poorly. Badly coached. It was really poorly coached. Um, I thought they could have won that game if it was coached a little bit better. But I think they're going to use that loss and learn from their mistakes and fix it. I'm not saying they're going to go and win the the Super Bowl, but I do think that they are not frauds by any means. They have a great team. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kyler Murray, great duo. We'll leave it at that.
1: Frank, I, I also so, thought it was funny. We were talking about kickers uh, on Sunday. Remember? We were talking about kickers, and, and I was asking. Oh, Matt Prater. Matt Prater. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the yeah. Cardinals. Yeah, that's, no,
2: another that's another thing why i think the game was so poorly coached because you got matt, matt prater mm-hmm. so if they would have kicked the field goal earlier they could have won the game yeah. that's,
0: that's fair i i'm gonna say shot i think they are frauds i think green bay or um what are they the rams would beat them in the playoffs i think tampa bay would beat them in the playoffs And I think the San Francisco 49ers would beat them in the postseason. So I got them as frauds. They are not one of my five Super Bowl contenders. And I will ask you, Frank, give me your top five Super Bowl contenders.
2: So the first four were pretty easy for me. Then I kind of got stuck on the fifth one, but I went with one. So right now my five are the Packers, who I personally think will win the Super Bowl. I don't know. There's just something about this team. Aaron Rodgers has four interceptions all season. He's rolling. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, crazy. I I think they're the front runners, but I got the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have been playing really well. Earlier in the season, I thought the Chiefs had no shot. I don't know what they did, what they're feeding these guys lately, but they've really turned it around defensively, too. And then my fifth team is the Patriots.
0: Very interesting. Would you mind repeating them for me again? I'm going to grab a pen here.
2: Yeah, let me know when you're ready. Yep, I'm ready. Packers, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Chiefs, Patriots. Not in that specific order. I just wrote down the five. Did you want an order?
0: No, that's fine. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. So I got yours written down. Joseph? Who are your 5 Super Bowl contenders? Um well we agree me and Frankie agree on all but one.
1: Uh and I know I'm you're going to give me so much hate for this. I know uh, which I have one the it is. Uh, What?
2: I know which one it is.
1: Are you sure? I have the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Oh wow. How you about- think the Cowboys are better than the Green Bay Packers? Get yeah, out of yeah. here. I, I got to be honest.
2: I got it. So that's not the one I didn't think you – That was, I did. I thought you wouldn't have the Chiefs in there because you've been bad-mouthing the Chiefs. No, but
1: this like team you team said, they've had a, a great second half.
2: However, the one that I said I was torn, I had the four, and then the fifth one was I was up in the air. The Cowboys was that one. Do I put the Cowboys in or not? I, and I ended up taking the Cowboys out of there. But not they're over they're the Packers. Sick.
1: The Cowboys are sick, and if the Chargers – Finish higher than the Chiefs. I might throw them in there because the Chargers, Justin Herbert's the real deal.
0: Chiefs have won five yeah, in but... a row. I know, yeah, and they, I don't they...
2: Think the Cowboys are better than the
0: Packers. They're not. Nobody. The Packers might be the best team in the NFL. I don't think they're. I don't think they won the Super Bowl. That's interesting. That's they're very my
2: interesting.
0: To win it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I. They're right there for me. Mine are the There's Buccaneers. Like the Bears
1: score thirty five points on them.
0: The Bears haven't been able to score the Bears, the points all year. The Bears scored fourteen Bears points suck. on offense. They scored fourteen points on offense. This is okay. the best Packers defense that the that Rodgers has ever had.
1: They scored fourteen points. You just that's that's not good. You're letting other teams' defense get this many points.
0: The Bears have a pretty good defense. In special teams. Yeah, the the Packers will figure it out. That's the first time this season that that's happened.
1: The Bears suck, and they let them get thirty-five points.
0: Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go – yeah, I got the Buccaneers, the Packers. Go ahead with yours. The Buccaneers, the Packers, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. So we have four four of the five the same. I have the Rams. Frankie has – who does Frankie have different than me? Oh, Frankie has the Cardinals, and you have the Cardinals too, but you have the Cowboys. So, yes.
1: I want to throw the Chargers over the Chiefs so bad because the Chiefs. The Chiefs have you know, like I'm not all in on the Chiefs, not one bit. I all I am all in on Justin
0: Herbert. We have seven teams amongst our three lists, so okay. I, I will venture to say that one of those seven teams
1: wins the Super. Bowl. If if Derrick Henry comes back, are you guys scared of the Titans at all? Yes, no,
2: I'm not. Scared. I am.
1: I am. They the, I Derrick am. Henry steals football games. <laughs> yeah, I hope they, just because
0: improve. the AFC the AFC is so up in the air. Like, so the AFC has the Chiefs and the Patriots, right? And then it's like, who's after that? You got the Chargers, who are up and coming. Justin Herbert he either looks like dog meat or he throws for 5,000 yards in one game.
1: Not and then you got meat.
0: then you got teams like the Cleveland Browns, who, in my opinion, have the third-best roster in the NFL. But now Baker Mayfield's out with COVID, so who the hell knows what they're going to do? The Pittsburgh Steelers are dead. The Bengals are pretty good. So, like, the AFC is, like, very top-heavy. So the Tennessee Titans, to me, are good. Nobody talks about the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are coming. They're good. Their slow start to the season might have, you know, really haunted them. But I think the NFC is significantly more debatable than the AFC. The AFC has three or four teams that we think have a chance. Any of the teams in the NFC could come out of this if they make it. Even the Washington football team puts up a fight after going down big to Dallas early in that game. Nah,
2: I'm not scared of the Colts.
0: You're not scared of the Colts, huh? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily saying the Colts are gonna win the Super Bowl by any means, but I think they're like they're a scary team in the NFL. I wouldn't want to play them in like the first round.
2: Playoffs are just a whole different ballgame that different than the regular season. And while they're doing good now, I just don't see them being a good playoff team.
0: Absolutely, I agree. So we do have seven teams amongst our that having only seven teams amongst each of us making a list of five is pretty chalk. I guess well, could, we, should, uh, we, um,
1: we might as well just bet on like as a collective trio, we should bet on all seven of those teams and we probably would make some profit if we threw money on it right now. Right.
2: And that'll be the year that Colts win this. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean, then no, go ahead and scratch off the Chiefs because we're about to talk about this Thursday night game. The charges, are, I'm going to put in the charges in over the chiefs yeah. um, as my, as my contender, the chiefs. Yes. Come
0: on, dude. The Chiefs have the best defense that they've had in the Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes' partnership, other, the year they maybe won the Super Bowl. But we went into the season, me and Frankie had a te- – I remember it being hot as shit outside and me and Frankie having a text message conversation while I was sitting on our front porch about how dog meat we both thought the defense was. And now they're like – their pass rushing is unbelievable. They get to the quarterback. They stop other teams from scoring. And their offense is the thing that hasn't really clicked yet. Patrick Mahomes has had more games with his passer rating being closer to 90 than 110. So one, if Mahomes, like, really figured – Mahomes hasn't had his best game that he's going to have this season. So outside of the two games that they played the Raiders, their offense has been, like, sputtering. So it's really hard to say that, like, we've seen the best of the Chiefs. I still think we haven't seen the best of the Chiefs.
1: Chargers yeah. went tonight. The Chargers what? Might win out. So what I'm saying. The Chargers literally they might have win a out.
2: Chance against the Chiefs this week.
1: You don't think don't. they have a chance? No, not I either. think.
2: This, I think if this matchup happened in week three or four, the Chargers will win. They're at home. Yeah, but they you know, might blow not, them
0: out early.
2: Yeah, ha- happening this late in the season, the way the Chiefs are playing, I don't think they got a shot.
0: Yeah, see, see, see Skyler, shot. Skyler knows about the Raiders. Like the Chiefs blew out the Raiders twice, but and you know it's kind of the same vein as why I think the Cardinals are frauds. Like, is the opposite of the raid or the Chiefs, the Chiefs have like won some like close games this season and they've been playing playoff football all year long. Every Cardinals win has been by an average of like two touchdowns or more. So those close games against the good teams, they lose every time. And that's why I think the Cardinals are frauds. And if they play a team like Green Bay or the Buccaneers, I think they'll get beat in the playoffs. They're a good team. They're an elite team. They might have the one seed. We'll see. But I'm not counting out the Rams either. That team, so much talent on both sides of the ball.
1: I literally think the Chargers are going to win out, and I think they're going to take over that division. They're going to beat the Chiefs tomorrow.
0: And, yeah. All right, so Joey's high on the Chargers, even though he didn't put them in his top five because he was scared. I just
1: said you can cross off the Chiefs and put
0: them. Nope. Your final answer is your final answer. Okay, well, I'm no. telling
1: you my final answer is the Ch- the Chargers beat. Oh, I'll, I'll bet you – We should make a bet on
0: tomorrow's football game. I'm I'm considering it. I will. you, though, not the odds. I'm a nice guy since I'm a nice host and I do the right Right. thing. I changed your pick from Chiefs to Chargers.
1: We'll do an old school, old school gentleman's bet. Where it's no odds, me and you, we pick a team.
0: All right. right. Yeah, we could discuss the terms on that after the show. One million dollars. All right. I'll bet you a million on it. I will bet you one million dollars right now on that game. Easy. And, you know, something away from football or sports in general is something that's been going on in the pop culture world, and I know we have some great, great, great pop culture content here on the Barroom Network with shows like Science Fiction and even this show and Crosstown Crosstalk. I'm sure Mike North might dive into things he likes – You know, from stories from back in the day or whatever. And of course, as of right now, the most popular thing in the world is the premiere of Spider-Man No Way... Or Far From Home. No, No Way Home. Yeah, Spider-Man No No Way Home. Scott's fucked you up. I think he did. Spider-Man No Way Home makes its debut to the public in theaters tomorrow. The Hollywood premiere was on Monday. And all the reviews came out and people are loving it. First of all, before we get into Spider-Man... I'm going to be very, very clear about something. If I find out that someone I know spoils the movie for anyone, you will be dead to me for the rest of your life. If you spoil the movie, you're a fucking asshole. And there's already issues with it on Twitter. People are getting blocked. The Variety magazine or whatever the hell that shit's called is like putting out tweets like with spoiler-filled reviews of the movie – What are you doing? Nobody's seen it yet. It doesn't come out to the public till Thursday night. What are you doing? Don't talk about the movie at the movie theater till you get in your car. Don't talk about it in the bathroom. Don't talk about it in front of movie theater workers who guaranteed haven't seen it yet. And yeah, Spider-Man probably dies. Just kidding. Um, Don't be that guy. So, Frank, I want to get it from you first. How excited are you for this movie?
2: I'm very excited. uh, I've been grinding Marvel this week more than any other time in my life. I've sit down and in the past week I've uh, watched Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I finished all of Hawkeye except Episode 5, which came out today, which I will be watching later tonight. I've grinded all that in less than a week, and I'm also going to try and figure out a way to watch Eternals, and if I have time, into the Spideyverse.
0: So yeah, very good, Joseph. I'm very excited.
1: I am so pumped. I haven't been this excited for a Marvel movie probably ever. Like I knew what I was gonna get with Infinity War. I knew what I was gonna get with Endgame. You I didn't gonna... know
0: what you were gonna get with Infinity War. No spoilers. I didn't, you know, didn't know what you were. Don't don't say it. I knew the
1: characters I was gonna get. I didn't know how okay. it ended. I okay. I knew the characters and what I was going to expect. A battle with fucking Thanos. Did I know who would win? No. But I knew what I was going to get, and then I knew what I was going to get in Endgame. They would fucking fix the issue, probably. Um, I don't know what I'm going to get with this movie. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know exactly who's going to be in it. And that fucking unknown makes me so excited. I've thought about it literally every day. Just in this trailer, you see Doc Ock. We just watched the the Spider-Man 2 from back in 2002. Who knows what the fuck kind of suit that is. There's my guy, Dr. Strange. That's
0: not Tom Holland, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, exactly. We don't know. That unknown about this movie makes me... It gives me the jitters that I have not had with a Marvel movie for a very, very long time. So, the expectations are high which could be dangerous. Could be very dangerous. But, honestly I'm so excited. 99, I, I can't even describe it.
0: 99% on Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked. Now, that will go down as more reviews come in. But, I mean, the initial thoughts on this movie are that it's very... It's very rewarding for fans of the franchise and Marvel in general. So very excited to see it. I love Benedict Cumberland. Is that how you say his name as Dr. Strange? Cumberbatch. I, like a batch I, of oh, okay. Cumberbatch. Okay. I love that guy. Love him. I love him so much that I didn't even know his name. And it's just amazing to me. I'm excited to watch this movie and see what the character development development is like and if there's more spiders in it, if there's more villains than what we've seen. They gave us Doc Ock and they gave us some kind of version of the Green Goblin. And I'm still convinced that's the new Goblin on one of the posters. So it's going to be so interesting to me to see how this goes if Tom Holland connects with Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield or any of these guys. But I really, really, really cannot wait, and I hope you guys are just as excited as me. I know we'll be seeing it together.
2: I'm so excited.
1: You have no idea. Literally, yeah. the list goes on on potential villains like a Venom, any Venom. Yeah. Saw, I mean, it looks like Sandman, Lizard, Electro, Jamie Fox, and in the uh, modifications to these heroes, you, if you, you know, if you dissect these trailers, it looks like the tentacles or whatever the arms on Doc Ock are made out of some Tony Stark nanotech. Or it looks like um, Electro has an arc reactor of some kind that he has. So I don't. don't, However, they fucking explain all this shit. I'm ready for it, and I can't
0: wait. Yep. And I love the theory that me and you came up with by reading that Marvel book. That shout out to our good pal John bought me a great, great birthday present of a Marvel book. It's like a Marvel encyclopedia, and yeah, and it has literally every single character and like stuff about them. Yeah, it is the one you have, I believe. Um, It might be a little bit newer. I don't know if they make a new one every year, but it's definitely like a brand new one. And it had a, a little passage in there about the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. And apparently, Tony Stark takes over for Norman Osborn as the official weapons creator for the United States government. So the fact that Norman Osborn and Tony Stark are like cut from the same cloth and they have the same job, but one's super soldier serum turns them into the Green Goblin and the other doesn't take a super soldier serum at all. Like that to me is like really, really cool. Like basically the Hulk, the Green Goblin and Captain America all got their powers the same way. But two of them took wildly different paths than, of course, Steve Rogers did. And one was successful and one, two really were failures. So I guess that's probably the reason. But just all the dynamic between that stuff, we'll see if that comes to to go in this movie. So before we head on out of here and get into our final segment.
1: I want to address two comments here. Uh, We're seeing it at 9.30 tomorrow. And uh, Skylar right here is the second person that I've heard tell me to watch the What If episode featuring Doctor Strange. I'm about halfway through the series What If? Um, I really am starting to think I should get through that because it. Ex- yeah. it I'm assuming it kind of explains what we're, we expect to see from Dr. Strange and the spell he does oh, or boy. something.
0: That's so That's uh, actually a really good point. Yeah. Shout out to Skylar for doing that. I'm going to make sure that that takes place before tomorrow night at 9.30. I have to finish Hawkeye. I want to watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and then that what if and then I'll be ready to go for 9.30 tomorrow night. So before we move off into our Breaking Bets segment, I have to ask you guys for your Mount Rushmore of Spider-Man movies.
2: Um, I'll go first, since Joey sure. looks like a, I don't know. Since Joey, doing.
0: since Joey looks like he's googling the Spider-Man movies right now because he did absolutely no show prep.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Spider-Man One, the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man Three, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spider-Man Far From Home.
0: Okay. Do you expect Spider-Man No Way Home to boot one of those on out of there tomorrow night?
2: Absolutely. And I had that written down. It's no doubt. I think it's going to be my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, I guarantee you it'll be my favorite Spider-Man movie thus far. So it'll definitely boot one of them out.
0: Okay. I'll be very surprised if I like it more than Far uh, Homecoming. Really? Yeah. I love Spider-Man Homecoming. All right, I'll just go I ahead and love say love I'll Spider-Man answer your question Homecoming.
1: I'll answer your question at the beginning of my Mount Rushmore and say, I'm expecting this to be my number one favorite Marvel movie.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Not that's just Spider-Man movie. If it I'm passes expecting... infinity war for me, I'll be stunned.
1: I'm that's what I'm expecting. I'm okay. I've
0: never, I, believe it. I, I, I hope it does for me and you. I hope um, it does. My favorite Spider-Man movies. As of right now, your Mount Rushmore without seeing yeah. no way home it, yet.
1: I love the Tobey Maguire movies. As much as the next guy. I love them. I grew up on them. They get a lot of hate. I personally love them. I really like the Andrew Garfield ones. Even more hate those ones get. I yeah, think the Andrew only Fett. original three,
0: the only one that gets hate is three.
1: Yeah. So I I really enjoyed the Andrew Garfield ones. I thought they were very entertaining. Um, I think he played a, a great Spider-Man, just my opinion. I don't know. But Tom Holland knocks it out of the park my my mount rushmore is going to consist half of the tom holland ones i got both of them homecoming and no way home or or far from home i'm sorry um and then i'll go ahead and throw spider-man one and spider-man three from the toby Maguire series not that doesn't mean i don't love the andrew Garfield ones because i honestly do I, I really enjoy them but it's going to go one three and then the first two of tom holland for me for my mount rushmore i expect this one to bump out spider-man one of the toby Maguires.
2: so we got the mount rushmore
0: Mine's different.
1: You said both Tom Holland ones, Frank?
2: I said Homecoming, Far From Home, Spider-Man 1, and Spider-Man 3. Oh yeah,
1: then we do have the same ones. Um, I
2: like like the Amazing Spider-Man ones. I mean, those are great, but I just don't think they're Mount Rushmore worthy.
0: My Mount Rushmore is Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Those are my Mount Rushmore of Spider-Man movies.
1: Interesting. So it's very good it, stuff. It, and Scox makes a good point here about Will, Willem Dafoe's performance. and yeah. <laughs> Let's just get more of that in this next movie. I'm so excited.
0: Me yep. too. I and think so I've said the, the word was...
1: excited like 40 times in
0: the past. Yes, I agree. And yes, I do hate Eddie Brock and Venom in Spider-Man 3. I absolutely just so like the directors were like, yeah, but Venom's like this in the comics. And the director was like, ah, have another beer. So we will go with that, and we'll, we'll recap our Spider-Man thoughts, spoiler-free, next week on Bar Down Talking Hockey, which is just basically Bar Down Talking Life at this point. So with that, we will leave you with one final segment called Breaking Bets. <laughs> And welcome to Breaking Bets featuring Frankie the King Bean Mueller and Joseph Walter White Parisi. Joseph, we'll start with you since you're the man with the plan. You're the star-spangled man with the plan. You're Breaking Bets. I start with Frank every week, I feel like, on this, so I'll go to you on this one.
1: No, I think you start with me just because I'm always ready with the hat. I feel like you guys are always, during the intro, you guys are always just waiting for, like, is Joey going to be slipping this week? Is he not going to have the hat? Oh, if you
0: never, if you forget, I will roast you.
1: I'm always I'll ready. Boot,
0: I'll boot you. You're fired if you do that. I'm so always I'm ready.
1: ready. Um, one thing I wasn't ready for was my picks. Um, but looking right now. I wasn't ready for
0: Mal Rushmore, his five yeah. teams in the NFL, his picks. Looking right now, though. Everyone send clear. Joey a DM on Twitter, at Joey Parisi, just roasting him.
1: It's clear, though. Looking right now, it's clear. I got stuff jumping out at me. Stuff just jumps to me. I don't make the picks. The picks make me. It makes me money. The Blackhawks will beat the Washington Capitals to sweep the short two-game season series. Uh, Take the Hawks money line plus one twelve. I like them at home. Uh, I'm taking them. And then I'm only I only got two hockey picks. Not a lot of games. It sucks that we do this on a Wednesday because it's a very slow day for the uh, National Hockey League. But with that being said, my team out west. I cheer for them. I root for them. They're good. The best team in the Pacific Division playing one of the worst teams in the Pacific Division, the Anaheim Ducks, minus one and a half against the Seattle Kraken. That's my picks.
0: Frank?
2: Well, I got one hockey pick and three basketball picks. Um, like Joey said, not a lot of hockey, but I agree with him that the Ducks' money line, 162, minus 162, looks uh, pretty good, great against the Kraken. Ducks have been rolling. They're at home. I don't see them losing to the Kraken. Um, the next one I got are, is the Spurs money line at minus 165. They're home against the Hornets. The Hornets just kind of look flat all season, home and away. Um, they're a they're really inconsistent team, so I like the Spurs at home. I also like the Grizzlies money line. They're minus 152. They're on the road in Portland tonight to play the Trail Blazers. Trail Blazers have lost six straight. And they also played last night, and I stress every day to everybody I know that it's hard to play back-to-back games in the NBA. It's just something weird about it. I don't know why it is, if it's the mindset, whatnot. So I really like the Grizzlies on the road tonight at minus 152 against the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, And C.J. McCollum's been out for the Blazers, so I I just think there's a lot of value in the Grizzlies. They've been playing great. My last pick, like the Mavericks' money line at home, they're 110 the Mavericks have really, really, really impressed me lately, like tremendously. They played their last two games without Luka Doncic. They ran over both their last two games that they played. I know that last game they played the Hornets. They beat them by double digits. The game before that, I forgot who they played, but they won by double digits. It, and those were all without Luka Doncic. So that was like really, really impressive. I did not expect that whatsoever. So they're home tonight, and I'm pretty sure they're getting Doncic back. Don't quote me on that. Not 100% sure, but if they are, And even if they aren't, I like them tonight at home against the Lakers who have been inconsistent and struggling. So, they are your picks.
0: Very good picks, boys, except for Joey. (laughs) Except for Joey saying this stuff about the Capitals. With like, even if you think the Hawks are going to win, like advising people to bet against them to beat the Washington Capitals. Like, what?
1: Yeah, I think they're great value. I think the Blackhawks will win tonight. You said it earlier yourself that the Blackhawks can play amongst the elite teams, yet now they're playing the Washington Capitals, who aren't even, like, the best team in the league. They have their faults, especially if they got Vitek Sukacek in the net, which I don't think they do. I think Samsonov will get the start. Um, but fuck Vitek Vanacek. Fuck the Capitals. The Hawks are good. They, they're they playing good. They'll beat the Washington Capitals at home, honoring Marc-Andre Flurry. Place is going to be going bananas. Flurry's in net. Like, what more can you want? Jonathan Taves on a goal score owns- right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he owns. He owns the Capitals too. We all know that. The my one pick. I'm look. I, I'm just giving you shit. Um, the the only thing I'm looking at all the lines for tonight, and I see the Milwaukee Bucks are plus two against the Indiana Pacers, and even though Giannis Antetokounmpo is out with COVID nineteen, I still think the Bucks can beat the Indiana Pacers. So that is my value pick for you. The listener is to bet the Milwaukee bucks at home against the Indiana Pacers.
1: Also, I want to address one thing Vinny said to me earlier. He, uh He said that, uh, Adam Fox has more assists than Kale McCarr has points. And that is false. Vinny spews out false information. Uh, Adam Fox has 25 assists, and Kale McCarr has 26 points. So,
0: Oh, I'm, I'm bad there. at math. When you, when you set his goals plus assists, I added them wrong. It's, it's, pretty close it's close enough where i can say shot adam fox is the north's trophy favorite so boom and i will like to remind everyone that Buffon 55 is tonight at 7 p.m central time and then science Fiction right after at 9 p.m and if you're listening to Buffon 55 you're going to listen to discussion about the National Football League, specifically the Chicago Bears and their debacle of a second half against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday and their upcoming Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings. And then, of course, science fiction tonight at 9 p.m. You'll hear all the nerdy, nerdy, nerdy stuff going on in the world right now. You've heard a little bit of a preview up with me, Joey and Frankie. You know, I can't wait to listen to what those guys think is going to happen here coming up with Spider-Man No Way Home, I think everybody's excited for it, even the non-comic book movie fans, just movie fans in general, or people who are fans of storytelling, should be interested in what's going on here, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, so hopefully everybody gets out and safely checks out the movie this weekend, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, it's not easy out there right now, got some pretty bad weather coming in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, so hopefully everyone stays safe with that as well. And, you know, Christmas coming up, I do believe we are going to have our shows next week. So looking forward to that and spreading some holiday cheer in that way. So and of course, over the weekend, you could check out all the barroom happenings. Of course, Mike North tomorrow morning. I'll be on 2 p.m. tomorrow, Crosstown Crosstalk. I have no idea what I'm going to fill an hour show with because there's no baseball other than the Houston Astros signing Verlander, even though it's a lockout. So how is that possible? Tune in tomorrow to find out. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. There's the college football playoff coming up in just a couple weeks. We're going to watch Alabama repeat again. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm very much looking forward to it. So, Frank and Joe, do you have anything left to add before we head on out of here?
2: Just that I can't wait for this movie tomorrow. Can't wait for this Hawks game tonight. It's going to be a good next uh, 48 hours.
0: Absolutely. Joseph?
1: Kel McCarr leads the New York or er, Colorado Avalanche in goals, which is remarkable.
0: Yep, and Adam Fox has almost as many assists as he has points, and he plays equally as well defensively as he does offensively. He is the best defenseman in the NHL, and it's not close. And for at the King Bean on Twitter, that's Frankie. At Joey Parisi on Twitter, that's Joey. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. I'm Vinny. Thank you for listening. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes Cheese, cheese, cheese. It's raining tacos. Rain and tacos.